Sports Unraveled number one, sitting here breaking down some fights, coming fights. We got fights on the 14th. We're watching some fights. We're watching uh, Tiago Tavares versus uh, Duho Choi. Is that his name? Duho Choi. Choi. Dude's, dude's legit. I love that Cub Swanson fight. That was a super, uh, super entertaining match. What, uh, what'd you think of the main card from uh, last weekend? Started like, uh, did you, did you watch the whole? I watched the whole thing. Yeah, I watched the whole card. That Magni fight, though. I'm looking forward to rewatching that. I can't wait till they put it on Fight Pass. Just because, like, well, I mean, it wasn't, I guess, the most entertaining, but. No. Like, Condit knew he lost, too. That's yeah. why it was kind of, like, sad he at the end. He looked frustrated. I was, Carlos Condit's one of those guys that seems like he hasn't added much to his game over I know, the years. man. Since, um. He's stuck with the same stuff. I was looking at his record the other day, um. Because he's he's had several uh, several losses since the GSP fight, like that was probably I would say that was like maybe his peak. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But man, I was super excited when he came to the UFC, and um, I mean I still like watching him fight. And Neil Magny uh, used to train with uh, Miguel Torres, and I got to train with Miguel Torres a couple of seminars oh, yeah. a long time ago, like when I was a blue belt super uh, and it was super good too it's like miguel torres and stefan bonner used to train with um carlson gracie senior and then when when he uh passed away that team kind of broke up because carlson gracie jr i guess took over and it just wasn't maybe the same i don't know yeah what, what happened to miguel torres well he made that rape van joke on twitter and then he got fired and then they got real strict on social media and then they brought him back he had, uh, I think, four fights in the UFC. Do you remember him fighting Demetrius Johnson? I don't know. Dude, we should watch that fight next. I actually watched it recently. You know why I love to watch that fight is because there's awesome sweeps. This is a big argument. It's like Miguel would get taken down by Mighty Mouse. This is when Mighty Mouse was a 35-er. Mm -hmm. He'd get taken down by Mighty Mouse and then almost immediately sweep Mighty Mouse and stay on top more time of the round than Mighty Mouse. But Mighty Mouse oh. won the fight on, like, I think yeah. it was a split decision. Well, you we can watch that next for sure. I'm wondering how this uh, Tiago Tavares fight turns out because I don't even know what the decision is. I just started charting this yeah. Choi guy after the Swanson fight, and I hadn't really looked into him other than I'm, I'm excited to see him fight Jeremy Stevens. <clears throat> yeah, Condit's had a, a, a bad run. Yeah, he's had a rough go of it. And he's 0-1 in pro boxing. I didn't even know that. He blew his knee out, didn't he, against uh, Tyron Woodley? Well, and he's had a lot of 3-1 um, and one in kickboxing. He has a win over Marcus Davis in kickboxing and Pete Spratt. That's kind of impressive. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. 2005. Marcus Davis was a good boxer, wasn't he? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, he had. I want to say he had more pro boxing fights than anybody in the uh, yeah. U in like the UFC. As I've been working on like... I want to do a podcast over people with um, pro or amateur boxing experience. That's why, like, I was kind of pulling for Garbrandt, even though, like, I thought that his boxing and, and his in like that team Alpha Male Wrestling would offset Dillashaw's kickboxing game, but it did not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that was a that was a that was a good fight. Did you see the? Um, have you been following the Cody Garbrandt John Claude Van Damme thing? 
I saw what Cody had to say about it. I, I, okay, so I didn't really see. I, I, I heard what Uriah Faber said about it. I, see, I saw that he said something, but I didn't see that yet. Yeah. Did, did he? He made it sound, I'm assuming he made it sound like Cody was a douche, right? A little bit. He was just like, one man, I mean, what uh, Van Dam did is he like um, hook kicked him. Like traditional style, just like. Now, that's uh, what I saw on the, the video, video. Yeah, was that. What, what was the video what Cody was talking about that he got mad about? I think so. Yeah, see, I was like, dude, he barely touched him. And he got to get mad about that. I know, they were, right? They were but horse play maybe, yeah, it was. Touched. It was a little horse play. Just and... kissed him with the foot right in the mouth. <laughs> dude, I'll tell you, like, uh, have you met Adam Sharp? He he moved away to Fort Smith and he's been coming back in. He's one of purple belts. Yeah, I think he's I Sharpie. He was, I think he's at that. He's pretty good looking hair right now. Um, I'm always giving him shit about it, but <clears throat> Choi's getting taken down right now. Come on, Choi. Nice get up in base, though. And you're back down. Uh, but he, um, I got lost my thought on Sharpie there. What was I saying? Huh. Tavares is pretty much just a grappler from what I remember. I hadn't seen him fight in a while, but kind of like a... Yeah, I kind of got that vibe, too. I haven't been following him in, like, two or three years. I was kind of excited about him for a minute. He's had some high-profile fights, but um, maybe this is a high-profile fight. Let's check out his record. I'm assuming some some point in here, Choi catches him with a right straight. Dude, Choi's boxing is legit. Choi's still really young, isn't he? 26. 26. Wow. I wonder what age you have to go do that service. I want to say you have like 10 years or something because it seems like what, what was uh, who had the Korean zombie had to do it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, what I say about Sharpie, I, I, I hook kicked him one time, like showing technique, like just like that, and accidentally chipped his tooth. And he didn't even get mad. Like, and I felt super bad. I was immediately like, and that's what I, on that video that, that on the Faber video, it's like, it looked like Jean-Claude Van Damme was like, oh, I'm so sorry, dude. Yeah, and that's what uh, Faber was like saying about it is that he was there as like a fan and to help. Cause I mean, dude, I mean, honestly, Jean-Claude Van Damme has super legit kicks. And I was going to bring up the uh, Vitor Belfort, uh, Uriah Hall fight coming up. Cause both mm -hmm. those dudes have wheel kick knockouts and, I remember hearing maybe even Joe Rogan five years ago say something to the effect that a spin wheel kick is like a one in a million chance. And then like all these traditional techniques like that, the oblique kick, um, things that are, they've come from like JKD or karate or taekwondo. You're starting to see that more and more. You're even starting to see, oh, damn. I had a feeling it was coming. Oh, right. whoa. Herb has seen enough and this dude have. is happy. Choi with the KO. Dang. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to queue up that Miguel Torres fight. Dude, Fight Pass is almost just like YouTube for fights for me, man. It's so damn good. Yeah, man, I really... Um, I've considered having even... Uh, recently, I saw him post the other day. I'm friends with him on Facebook. Uh, but having Miguel in for a seminar and uh, getting him to do like gi and no gi or, or no gi and kickboxing because like actually when i went with him he did i think it was two hours stand up two hours no gi two hours gi or something like that 
something something to that effect but it's like we trained all day and it was it was, it was seriously one of the best seminars ever and like at the time that we the seminar happened he had just lost those two fights in a row at wc and lost the title and got knocked out by benavides and brian bowles and still had had this gnarly scar on his forehead mm -hmm. bro. Uh -huh. miguel torres 36 years old yeah dude do you remember miguel versus michael mcdonald I remember that that was kind of like a war, wasn't that? If I remember correctly, or no, someone caught someone with a big uppercut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael McDonald caught Miguel with it, and then yeah. that was Miguel's last fight in the UFC. So, and he had actually more fights in the UFC than I remembered uh, last time I looked. What, dude? I'm not seeing the Demetrius Johnson fight on here. I just watched it like not too long ago. Antonio Banuelos. Oh, yeah, here it is. Demetrius. So he fought Antonio Banuelos to kind of a boring decision, his first fight in the UFC. And then he fought Demetrius Johnson next. And this, I don't think it was Johnson's first fight in the UFC. Because, yeah, here he fought Yamamoto at 126. But he hadn't had very many fights in the UFC, the best of my knowledge. Because he's since, uh, Mighty Mouth, he's since dropped to 25, won the title, and defended it how many times, you know? Did he fight Torres? before or after he fought um dominic cruz Ooh, I, I, dude i forgot about that yeah yeah he got a little ragdolled up by dominic in that bigger weight class yeah yeah that's that's it like um and he I, th I think he was just one of those guys that was waiting for them to add his weight class yeah and sure. it, you're seeing that right now in the female divisions yeah yeah i like how that's kind of branching out now But now Nunez is going to fight. Yeah, what do, you what do you think about that? You think she's going to just try and be a two division champ, or you think she's going to move up? Because I see um, Johanna moving up to um, 35 to fight Shevchenko because Shevchenko beat her in kickboxing once already. Yeah, it would be 25 for. Uh, yeah, 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 that's what I meant. And um, I think Nunez has a really, really good chance with cyborg i think she's a really good matchup for her. it's gonna be exciting um i i'm i would watch it oh yes i'm gonna i guess i'm gonna <laughs> watch sure. it yeah for sure i i see cyborg with the the counter right hand that she always uses but i don't know if uh that'll be able to work with nunez nunez kind of slips a lot and then throws a lot of those long long straights yeah, man, I, I remember when... Uh, and Nunez is a big girl, too. She is, she is. You know, when we, we were in Vegas and we are supposed to see her fight Shevchenko when that fight got canceled. So we saw Justin Gagey fight Michael Johnson, who's fighting on, um, I think, next weekend's card, right? Is he? I believe so. Yeah, I screenshotted the, the card so I could pull it up and look at it. While um, I'm... Yeah, he's not fighting next weekend. He's fighting real soon. If it's not next weekend, it's it? on the Miocic card. It's probably the Miocic card. And who is he fighting? I remember seeing something about mm, that. Let me check. I know he's been talking a lot of crap to, uh, what's it, Kevin Lee lately, yeah. but I don't think they're fighting. Let's see. It's not that one. <clears throat> Young BJ. 
Amateur Muay Thai champ. I didn't know that. I didn't either. Yeah, dude. I mean, this is uh, this is one of his first fights, or one of the earlier earliest fights. I think that the Dominic Cruz was after this. I could be wrong. Did he fight Dominic Cruz for the title? I don't know. I don't remember. It had he had <laughs> to have been. It had to have been because Dominic Cruz was a. What'd you think about that Gay G Alvarez fight? It was sick. See, yeah, I like I like it when fighters add new stuff to their game, and you know, Eddie Alvarez added Man, those body re- punches. He did, and I loved how he strategized at the end of every round. He mm-hmm. would like do like a crazy signature yeah. move or something. It's like John Jones pulling guard in that one fight at like the last ten seconds. <laughs> it's like, well, and he was like throwing a triangle up when the when the bell went. Yeah, Eddie Alvarez showed some new, pretty nice stuff. The body punches, and he he hit. I don't know if that's something he always does with like that darting like right hand when he starts off to the left. Yeah. He hit that once or twice and that looked really nice. I was like, wow, that's a, a punch I don't see very much, but it looks super effective. That's what I was watching on uh, that modern martial artist uh, page that I was enjoying was um, how he was like the leaping and arching uppercut, leaping hook and arching uppercuts on Mike Tyson and the gazelle punch Rocky Marciano. Cause I've, and he just had some good commentary on it and like some good footage that he pulled from on both of them and they were kind of like interrelated but uh, i love seeing i love i love seeing him evolve the striking and that's like i i know like you and i talked you said you had the greg jackson book right mm-hmm. like it's just like i know there's things that are not in their book but it's like that between that and the seminars i've done with greg jackson and what i've seen him do and like fighters only magazines like i've collected a lot of their techniques and strategies over the year it's like they haven't evolved a whole lot recently that i've seen their win percentages for their team are still the same mm-hmm. like they've always been like above a 50 percent win average but it's uh yeah i didn't know demetrius johnson lost to brad pickett in the wc went over miguel torres in this fight we're watching then a unanimous decision lost to Dominic Cruz for the Bantamweight Championship right after this Miguel Torres fight. So that was the sad part is, like, if, if this was a split decision loss for Miguel, and I'm almost positive. I, let me let me double check. I remember seeing it as a split. guess it doesn't say what the score was. Wow, 10 inches of reach and 6 inches yeah. of height disadvantage. Well, see, and I want to say that the Miguel, as soon as he went to the UFC, and then when I trained with him, he was training with Ferhas. He started training oh, at yeah, uh, TriStar. Yeah, Miguel's had, um, he's had some people that he's produced over the years. Like, what got us on that was Neil Magny. Like, I used to watch Neil Magny work mitts with this uh, striking coach from Miguel's gym that I also did a seminar with named Gene Caldron. Caldron, C-A-L-E-D-R-O-N, I think it was. Caldron, Caldron. But um, just like a really good mitt holder. Like, that's that was his thing is he could just feed mitts for days. One of those, uh, I don't know if have you done that really long, like jab, cross, hook, cross drill we do. It's like mm-hmm. jab, parry, jab, cross, hook, cross, block, cross, hook, cross, weave, cross, hook, cross. I got yeah. that from that guy. Oh, nice. Yeah. that's Dude, that's like the coolest part of like doing this over the years. It's like doing seminars, people like Mike Winklejohn, Greg Jackson, Miguel Torres, Sean Shirk, and being able to like pick up and preserve 
techniques. See, I've never been to a seminar, so really, yeah, I've never been to like an actual, you know, fight seminar. So I don't. Yeah, dude. Um, I'm not missing out. I probably should start going to them. Those were all like MMA and striking seminars. I like speaking of like the traditional uh, type stuff, like Jean Claude Van Damme was doing. I did a seminar with um, Bill Wallace last year. Do you know Superfoot Bill Wallace? You ever heard of him? Heard of him. I, I yeah, he was like the three. The three kicks, like the yeah, that one stance. lead kick, round kick, uh, hook kick. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I'd wanted to train with him for a long time, and he came in. My coach, uh, Danny Dring, is a eighth degree black belt in that system, like, and got his eighth degree at that seminar. Uh, he's trained with him for like over thirty years, and he's a seventh degree in the Joe Lewis system. And like those dudes are like old school, like they're kind of accredited for inventing the concept of American kickboxing. Like when you hear people talk about American kickboxing or Dutch Dutch style Muay Thai, like they're pr- pretty much when I hear American kickboxing, I automatically think Bill Wallace and Joe Lewis, and uh, like Benny uh, Benny the Jet Requitas, he's another old school guy. Just like they're all in their seventies and stuff now, but man, in the nineteen seventies, were just like leading the yeah. leading, and they like I want to say all of them trained with Bruce Lee. Bill Wallace trained Elvis. Oh, sick. Nice. I know, right? I don't know Elvis, so just throwing out there, throwing kicks. Yeah, I'm like, uh, wish uh, I need to find out who's training Willie Nelson. <laughs> dude's, dude's got a Taekwondo black belt. Does he really? Yeah, I want to say it's Taekwondo. It, it may be karate, but it's it's definitely a traditional yeah. martial art. I've seen him like performing like katas in like a competition on oh, YouTube. Yeah, we might have to pull up Willie Nelson doing Taekwondo <laughs> I'd after love this. To see that. <laughs> see, Miguel. So Miguel got taken down. Is three ten in the first round. And he swept on top to uh, like a three-quarter mount, and he's got good head and arm control. Like so, this was the argument: is that how do you gauge? Because like in jujitsu, a sweep and a takedown are both worth two points. They're they're considered weighted equally. I haven't heard a lot of talk on like if it's a ref's decision, if it's like a tie match, if they're going to give it to. But it's the same thing. It's like why are, you don't see a whole lot of sweeps. I think sweeps from the guard are harder to perform in MMA than a takedown. It, it, against like the cage, you know, because Miguel got taken down against the cage. Uh-huh. But it, it seems like wall wall takedowns are easier for me, and statistically, I think I see more wall takedowns, cage takedowns than sweeps in the guard. Yeah, you definitely do. So it's like maybe that the, a lot of people brought up the point that maybe the sweep should have been weighted more because it's harder to do and impressive. And Miguel has been on top for sixty seconds now. So it's like they stood up for 30 seconds or so, close to a minute. Miguel gets taken down. Miguel's passing, working a good knee slide pass there. I like to back step around that shin when when they do that, when they bring that shin across and you're passing. Look, past his guard. Mm-hmm. So, like, Miguel's winning this fight in my view right now. It's a minute 50 to go. Oh, Ooh, Johnson reverses. See, and here's uh, – and yeah, okay. And then Miguel's getting his half guard back. And here's another argument is like, okay, so it sh- sh- uh, in jiu-jitsu, if you reverse, meaning you're under you're under my side mount and you, you get up and get out. Miguel's going for a, for a leg lock. You get up and get out and you put me in side mount. They don't give you any points. They're like, you shouldn't have been in side mount, bro. We don't care that you're on top. You shouldn't have been on bottom. You should have oh. your guard, you know? So like, that's, that's another thing. It's like, so it, but to me, it's, it's more impressive that you reverse somebody from under side mount or full mount, or they have your back and you get up and you have them on top than ended up in a guard or guard pass. I want that top position, you know, past yeah. the guard. 
But MMA is a little different because you get to punch. Changes a lot. Yeah, it does. That, and you know, I'll say this, like Cora's last fight, the the wall adds in a whole new, and we worked a lot of wall work, but that girl just like didn't want to grapple her and didn't want to strike with her and just pushed her up against the wall and didn't try any takedowns. And it was an amateur fight on Legacy in the second fight of the night, three-minute rounds. The ref probably should have pulled him off, but it's like, I can see why he wouldn't because it's second fight. There's only like three amateur fights on that card. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that there was a, they were putting a lot of weight into the entertainment value of the female amateur fights. But people were booing because, like, and, and Corey, they're like, uh, take down. Like, she's not doing it. She's just leaning, like Randy Couture leaning on Brock Lesnar, basically. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, I thought it was awesome when Randy did it. But... <laughs> This, I mean, is it like two 25 or females? I, I was, I just was like, man, come on. Yeah. <clears throat> so Miguel finished on bottom after a leg lock attempt. So that's a pretty even round for me. Yeah, for sure. Because Johnson got that reversal. It was at half in control each, two and a half minutes each. Yeah, dude, I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about having Miguel in for a seminar. I think that'd be legit. You should. Yeah, you know I'll someone. Someone else I want to have in, and I've got. Uh, he just sent me uh, like Alan Belcher. Alan Belcher's from Arkansas. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, we, that's yeah, right. We know he a is. lot of the same people. Um, <clears throat> so I kind of want to have him in too. Like I'm, I've I've talked to him on Facebook several times. Like friends on Facebook. Um, I want to say Corey's friends with wife on Facebook, and I want to say I am too. But. Um, we just know a lot of the same people. Like one of his really good friends is one of my friends. One of my coaches, Caleb from Inferno's really good friends, Joey Perry, who has a black belt under Zatch from Surf Ninjas. You ever see Surf Ninjas? No. I'll loan it to you. <laughs> I think it's on YouTube. Dude, it's got, so you remember, I'm always joking about you drinking the secret of the ooze, but so have you seen the old school Nint- uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles trilogy? No. I you don't even get so the reference. Yeah, like, remember. dude, I mean, I saw it when I was a kid. But uh, they the, in the second one, there's this pizza delivery boy, and um, that's Ernie Reyes Jr., and he's he's been in a lot of movies over the years. But, like, a, when a lot of people, like, get that reference, they're like, no way, because I've met those dudes a few times. His dad's actually Ernie Reyes Sr. They have this thing called, if you ever um, want to look it up, they have this super awesome like martial arts a demo team that does everything they do MMA, they do XMA, they do and they have like these like kids and teens and stuff like play these drums like real tribal like while they're doing the demo and like it's super legit but uh the West Coast demo team, they're like award winning every year for like it's like thirty years or something. I don't know, like a really long time. Miguel's on bottom right now. I wanna say flower sweeps from right here. Goes, yeah, oh, that's sort of a flower sweep, like a triangle sweep. You ever see Miguel Torres versus Chase BB? Nope, I've seen that. There's a sick. Um, I, I'll have to show it to you. There's a sick um, transition that Miguel gets into in that fight. That was a sick knee, but then he got taken down. I like that. I like a slap on the ears right there. Yeah, I, I used to do that to people. Ears. Yeah, I like hitting people like, <clears throat> whoa, knocking over the mic there, like this. Like both fists at once. Like uh-huh. I, I did that in um, my first MMA fight. I got the guy in mount, and I was, I was just doing ground and pound. I was throwing like hook style punches, and then I just went, boom, just gorilla style. Nice. And people were talking about it because I was just like he was blocking everything. So I just did a couple of Donkey Kong punches. 
Miguel's got me a reverse triangle. Is an arm in? Yeah, you know, actually, oh, this is this is crazy. I don't remember this. Miguel taught this the first time I ever learned this series from underside mount. You push push some. They leave their le- arm in between your legs, kind of like that. You push their head in triangle, and you can Kimura Americana armbar the ar- the other arm by your head. That's actually who I learned that from. Miguel Torres. Yeah, at that seminar I was talking about, and I just I never noticed him. I never remembered him doing it. I, I mean, maybe at the time this fight was several years ago. This was like six years ago. Let's see. UFC 130 2011, dude. That is a while back. Dude, that, the thing is, too, about Miguel, a lot of people don't realize. Man, how many fights did Miguel have? And he's fought once outside of, those, of the UFC, but like, oh, dude, it, like in the WC, he was sitting on like 50 fights or something, you know? I want to say he had more fights than like anybody I knew of at the time. Yeah, I mean, he was just like, when I trained with him, his knees were super scarred up. Like, I mean, the dude had been through it and he was like 30, 31, 32 when I trained with him, probably. Yeah, I think like, he was just into the UFC. Uh, the mindset back when there was tons of gym wars back in the day. Yes. He, yeah. Like he said, he wars. had a lot of fights that weren't even sanctioned and aren't on his record. I remember uh, reading that on like his website. <clears throat> So he got in this exchange of Chase Beebe and like this, where Chase Beebe underhooks his shoulder like this. So he goes for an omoplata. This is the one, the fight that he won the WC title with. And um, we're working a little uh, elevator sweep again. So <clears throat> he, he goes for an omoplata, dude rolls out and then turns over and then he like scoops him into front headlock and does like a, a gator roll, like an anaconda style gator roll from the like front arm triangle choke. Yeah. And um, lets the dude get his arm out. And, like, they're, like, head-to-head, like, north-south. Miguel calls it a rear-naked guillotine. But he's, like, had him in a, a anaconda, like, gator-rolled anaconda. Lets the dude's arm out and then, like, rear-naked chokes him. But they're, like, head-to-head. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of a weird... Yeah, it's, but it's, it's, a, it's a pretty epic submission chain. I was just like, dang. Because, I mean, it's like he hit him with, like, the fourth thing. Miguel's on bottom, He's going for leg locks again. Though that's probably that TriStar man. Fearhoss is super sick at heel hooks did himself. He, DJ spin there looking for a leg lock too, or let's see how why he went like for that. What did you think about Condit going for all the leg locks? I kind of liked how he had the transition, but you could just tell that he like he probably hadn't worked on it enough. Like I hadn't seen him do that previously. Yes, he he might as well because he doesn't have the. I don't know if he doesn't have the takedown defense, but or if he just doesn't care and prefers to just try to throw up submissions. But you know, there's a you can tell he, Conda is one of those guys that uh, he operates like a hundred percent by that Greg Jackson book. It seems like I can see everything that that's such a good Jackson book. talks about in the book. They need to release a part two. They need to come degree. up with new techniques and give us part two. But that's like that I wonder what the difference in that and their like actual curriculum is because Greg Jackson runs an like actual curriculum and he sold it to Century Martial Arts for a few years apparently I never like signed up for it or anything but I did the seminars and I've seen some seminars he's got online that one of the seminars I went to the whole thing is online like um, my buddy Nate Murdoch he's a pro fighter he's at thirty pro fights fought in Bellator he and I were there together Nate runs Fay- uh, the Fayetteville School and. Um, that's a sick sweep, bro. That's a sick but, uh, butterfly-style elevator sweep. But then Demetrius Johnson reverses. 
See, yeah, Miguel's Miguel's diving up under it. That's yeah, that's a legit transition. Yeah, what yeah, what was I talking about, Nate? I don't remember what I was gonna say. Got distracted by There's the sleep. Was it one about the century? Uh, oh, Nate was at the seminar with me. Yeah, he was my partner, and like, like we actually got to work with Greg on like a few of the techniques. Like he came over, yeah, going for he went for his pretty sick low single there. Didn't you say you wrestled in high school? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. Cool. Just just in high school, do you like y'all have a big like youth program and stuff coming up too? Or? No, I was I was one of the ones that you know I joined late in the game. I was in tenth grade when I started. Went to a. Uh, Dude, we didn't even have wrestling until 09 in the school I graduated from, which is one of the bigger towns around here, uh, Clarksville. It's up the road in like 30 minutes. I mean, it's, you know, it's probably a third of the size of Russellville. But there's smaller school districts in Clarksville that in, in the state that have wrestling. Clarksville still has no wrestling. Crazy. That's unfortunate, yeah. I, would, I mean, I would have done it. Like, I ended up playing football. I would have, um, I would have got into wrestling for sure. Because as soon as I, I didn't get into martial arts so after high school, as soon as I got into jujitsu and grappling, I was hooked, and then I was hooked on striking, yeah, the same way. Yeah, I was the same with wrestling. Dude, I like, I like wrestling. Um, I've got to work with a lot of a lot of good coaches over the years. There's boxing those ears again. Yeah, see, that was that was the thing. Is like I want to say Miguel got a got a sweep every round. And Demetrius got a um, takedown every round because Demetrius, he got a takedown. He's on top right now, past the guards, got him an arm ride. I like telephone. Like Demetrius Johnson's left hand going like this, trapping their arm in there. Yeah. Miguel got his guard back, sitting up, got a deep overhook, foot in the hip. See, uh, you go in some of your spare time, or we might even do it today, and watch Miguel Torres do grappling tournaments. The dude is a savage, bro. I, mean, I want to say he might have, like, won a really big IBJJF one time, but he, he guillotines everybody. Like, I'm talking Marcelo guillotines everybody. Does this thing he calls – I think he calls it high elbow, high elbow guillotine, where he gets, like – he just he finishes it differently. It might be the same way Marcelo Garcia does guillotines. Like, I'm not really sure, but I just remember seeing him back in the day just rolling everybody up with this guillotine choke at a tournament. Dude, and if, like, do you remember um, Stefan Bonner, man? He had some legit submission. I want to say he submitted James Irvin with a Kimura in um, in the UFC, the Sandman. <laughs> I, didn't, I haven't followed Stefan Bonner much. Yeah, I was, I mean, just like, I really was a fan of the 205 division back in, like, when I first started training and stuff. That's, like, um, first Ultimate Fighter uh, I really watched and got into was after the Force Griffin. Uh, it was like the when Michael Bisping won Ultimate Fighter three, and that's when Michael Bisping, Michael Bisping, the only fight he lost at two hundred five, I'm pretty sure, was to Rashad Evans. Oh, wow. But you know, like back then, he like Bis or uh, um, Bonner was always in some high profile fights with people in the two hundred five division, and I mean, lost a lot of them. I remember, dude. Do you remember when John Jones's? I think it was his first or second fight in the UFC. He fought Stefan Bonner and annihilated him. I yeah. watched that fight live and was just like, 
oh, who the heck is this guy? That was him, and then he started landing those first spinning back elbows. And I want to say he did a belly to back suplex in that fight, but I may be wrong. Uh, belly, uh, like, like had I him by the back and just bent over. Just he boom. did land what you don't see very much is that the double overhook throw. That might yeah, be what I'm was, thinking. It might be like a belly to belly style. Yeah, that might be what because I just remember him like bending over. Beautiful, backwards. It was perfect. And I, don't, I really don't know if I've ever seen one like that really ever since then. Yeah, we I, were talking about um, speaking of Demetrius Johnson. We were talking yesterday um, with the guy I had on in the morning uh, about Demetrius Johnson picking that dude up and just chunking him down into the arm bar. That was sick. In judo, that that's like a, a combination in judo because like a lot, of, so many of your judo th throws you finish in an arm bar. Miguel on top, working the pass. But um, like almost all the judo throws, if you don't finish in pins, there he's going for that guillotine. That's his jam, dude. That's it. Yeah, used it to sweep. Johnson's bridging. Miguel's still on top. Twenty-five left to go in the third. See, this is a good fight, dude. I mean, I would have hate. I would have hate to call this fight. Honestly, and like I think too, watching it now, back then I was biased towards Miguel because I just trained with him. But it's a close fight. But I can see, I could see it either way. But I could see a split decision for Johnson too, just because of stuff like that. <laughs> Johnson's landing more on the feet. On the brief moments they've been on the feet, Johnson's landing. Yeah, some good shots. I mean, damn, got a double leg off the fence in the last ten seconds. Yeah. And look, Miguel looking kind of kind of defeated when he gets up, and Johnson just like hope. Yeah. Good way to end the fight for DJ. That overhand right was there on the feet the whole time. And that for somehow being the much shorter man, the knees were there, knees to the body. You ever follow um, John Donaher? Like John Donaher, the Donaher Death Squad? He's He is the guy pretty much, if I understand correctly, mostly runs Henzo Gracie's jiu-jitsu program. Uh, it, I believe it's at the main Henzo Gracie location. But this dude, I have a Henzo Gracie book called uh, Mastering Jiu-Jitsu that was released i think in 02 it might have been after that it might have been like 07 or something but it's it's about 10 years old or more and um donaher co-authored that and i didn't find this out but have you ever uh, have you followed or heard of gary tonin or um gordon ryan These yeah guys are i hear about hooking. them but i'm yeah. not a big competition yeah either. they're when they're nogi guys and they're heel hooking the shit out of everybody that breathes that does no key like adcc they cleaned up um but donna her fearhaas from tristar is one of donna her's black belts a lot of people don't know that connection uh, yeah. so like john donna her cornered gsp in in the bisping fight oh did he yeah, yeah he's he's the he's like a bald coach kind of uh in um donna her is also i believe matt sarah's coach or they like matt sarah ricardo almeida um, Tom DeBlass, I don't know if you ever watched him. He had two fights in the UFC, two fights in Bellator. Um, I think at light heavyweight, it might have been heavyweight, might have been 85. I can't really remember because he what he didn't stick with MMA, but he's a decorated jiu-jitsu guy, white belt. But all of those dudes come out of um, Team Henzo. So like, you remember Matt Hughes fighting Henzo Gracie? Nope. Finished him with or no? He didn't. Did he finish him? I think he finished. Yeah, he finished him with leg kicks. This is back. Uh, we I just rewatched it the other day, um, but finished him with leg kicks. It was morbid. It it was crazy that they. I believe they called that fight due to leg kicks. And but uh, you remember Faber versus Jose Aldo? I do remember that one. Didn't call that fight. I watched that fight the other day, and I was just like, 
dear God, man. Like in the third round, I'm just like, go in the towel. I was just like, damn, dude. You And at what point when somebody like can't stand on both their feet and it falls over and ha- I mean. Yeah, so speaking of throwing in the towel, what's your opinion on that? Because there's been a lot of talk about it lately, you know, and the, the fighters are usually all against it, but. I've been watching lots of fights lately, and I'm like, man, just throw in the towel. Like, example, Ref is not be... doing his job. You know, on that Holly Holm, Jermaine Durandamy fight, I was super pissed that the ref didn't do more on that late hit in the second time that it happened. I think that's yeah. the second round. But um, on, on that, I don't know, dude. I think that that needs to be like what you and I are like. We're having a conversation about it right now that in a trust thing because if I'm not mistaken – the one of the divisions in the Gracie family was over um, Elio's brother throwing in the towel in that Kimura fight. Because accordingly, this um, Kimura put Elio in the site 51 or 54, put, um, and that's why it's called the Kimura, the submission, put Elio Gracie in that move. Like, you know, the fight had been going on for a while. And he'd been throwing him, and and Elio just recovers his guard, and they get back up. There's some footage of it on the internet, but put him in that Kamora, and they there's there's conflicting reports, and I think it's just historical manipulation, honestly. And I'll tell you a little other backstory on it, but the Valente brothers on on a video on YouTube say that Elio's arm did not break, but like the main narrative I picked up on for like the whole time until I saw that Valente brothers video and still what I believe is that it ar- his arm did break, but a lot of people say that it didn't break. So that his brother threw in the towel and I want to say they maybe never talked again. I would have to look this story up again to verify right. it. I just kind of became like, dude, Hicks and Ahenzo are the only two Gracie's I'm really interested in. Crone Gracie's pretty legit and turns with the Diaz brothers a lot. And it's had a few fights in like rising, but I don't think he's really, he's like 28 years old. I don't think he's really into the MMA seen as much and I mean his dad's Hickson he's got a lot to live up to but uh, I don't think that he's super legit in jiu-jitsu but like Hickson has gone for 10 years I, I would like to see the Crone Gracie that would have trained at Hickson the whole time I think that would have made a made a big difference but Crone talks about that on Joe Rogan's podcast and goes into it about Hickson being gone and I want to say that he got Crone got his black belt when he was 18 his brother had just died and then Hickson just kind of fell off the map. Hmm. That was when Hickson was talking about coming back to fight Fedor and shit, and then like his early to mid forties. And then his son, um, his son, like a lot of reports on it, but his son just died somehow, and they didn't find, they didn't even know that he died, and they found his, like, found his. Um, I want to say Henzo was able to identify him. They found him at a hospital in New York. It was like a month or something after the fact. That uh, that was just like a John Doe type body situation. Super sad stuff. But uh, Jack that's coming out here on February third, Jack Toffer, he um, he trains with Hickson quite a bit. He just did a four hour private lesson with Hickson. He's gonna be on the podcast, Sports Unraveled. Nice. I'm excited about it, dude. Um, <clears throat> so, any uh, any other thoughts on that Condit Magni fight, man? No, I'm just uh, hoping Condit 
Uh, I know. What's next for him? I yeah, wonder what he's going to do. It seems like he's kind of in a stalemate right now in his career. What, now like 16 months since his last fight? And yeah. then he had a big Long layoff before time. that. So he's been on the shelf a lot. And that rough, I, I just hope he doesn't. I mean, may, maybe he needs to be done. Or maybe he's got fight left in him, but we're just seeing some ring rust. I mean, Magny's been on a little bit of a tear. Didn't he fight Damian Maia and lose to Damian Maia? He did, yeah. Yeah, Condit and Magny both did, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, and that's like Damian Myers. Like, I think he just turned forty. He's kind of on his way out. I was super. Um, uh, he fought that really close fight. I thought it was a close fight with Jorge Masvidal. Yeah, that was a really close fight. Uh, yeah, and then uh, then that Woodley fight, man. That was such. I, I did not like that fight. Check this out. Carlos Condit's last three losses are to Robbie Lawler, Damian Myers, Neil Magny. Then right before that. He had that TKO due to knee injury. Remember that? That's what he had to get surgery for yeah. in that Ty- Tyron, his Tyron Woodley. Woodley fight. I just remembering that. Um, got a, win, a TKO win over Martin Campman. Lost to yeah. Johnny Hendricks right after GSP for the vacated title. Yeah. Why do you think GSP left the sport the first time? I think it was the PED issue. And the aliens. He did say it was the PED issue a little bit. Um, I, th- I think he was just a little burnt out and needed a break. He'd been in it for a long time and was catching a lot of heat, lost so much attention. And what did, Have you seen that episode of Joe Rogan where he's on there talking super crazy shit? GSP was? Yeah. It was like about the aliens? Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't see that, Dude, but I've heard you, about it. Uh, yeah. I, well, I, like, I, I didn't watch it either for a long time. Like, I remember it when it came out hearing about it and like reading an article on Facebook or something. But I went and watched it the other day, and I went and watched, rewatched the, and I'd seen this before, but when Joe Rogan was kind of like, Brendan, uh, you need to not fight anymore in the UFC because you are <laughs> not a top heavyweight. And Brendan Schwab's like, what? <laughs> what? Like, this is his face. Like, in the video I was watching, too, like, one of them kept replaying his face over and over again. It was funny. Did you see the quote uh, from Brendan Schaub about when he was, him and Krokop fought on the same card and he was backstage, like, sitting with them? No. It, it was something, I, I'm probably going to butcher it, but he was like, yeah, they're both sitting there, and I think they had both come off, like, sort of brutal losses, and he looked at Krokop and he was like, man, like, what do you think? And Krokop was just like, this is life. And uh, Brendan was saying, he said, like, internally, he was like, man... It's like sitting there with this guy, like, this is life. Like, this literally is life to him, you know, win or lose, no matter how brutal it is. But he was like, to me, it's just, it's not. Like, I just don't really want to be here right now. So he's like, that was the difference between, like, him and Krokop. He just didn't really, his mind and heart wasn't in the fight game really anymore like that, like Krokop's was. Yeah, that's fascinating. Like how the psychology behind showing up, Mm -hmm. that's like, everybody kind of refers to it as the same thing, it feels like, like, I've heard multiple fighters that, that had like a bad performance, but were super talented and they're just like, oh, I just couldn't show up, man. Just couldn't do it. Like my buddy Nate, I mentioned earlier, I w- did the Greg Jackson seminar with, but funny story about that is I was watching this Greg Jackson seminar on and like, I'm like, Oh, that's in the book. That's yeah, that's in the book. Oh, I, I learned that at that seminar. And I was like, but that seminar with Nate, there's Nate right there. That's me. Like, it was just like, and I was like, that is the seminar. I've learned all these techniques. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's fascinating. Like, all these fighters, it's like, I just couldn't, just couldn't mentally do it that day. Yeah. Had probably yeah. mentally done it most of their practices in camp. Mm-hmm. 
and have obviously mentally done it a bunch of other fights previously, but just couldn't pull it together. Yeah, that's one of the fascinating, most fascinating things about fighting to me is the mental game. Sports psychology, man. We better start wearing suits. I, <laughs> I, feel, I, I feel like that is a theme that I picked up on. If you wear a suit, it makes a difference. I'm trying to just wear the sweatpants, though. <laughs> I've like that's I, I'm gonna ha- I have to like um, I have to start like wearing, you know, nicer clothes at least two days a week because I'm gonna be teaching at Moralton. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I gotta wear uh, I gotta wear some slacks and a nice button up or you know maybe a sweater vest. I'm gonna dude you sweater know vest, you I know like Jesse it. from kickboxing yeah. you know yeah. he um dude that dude dresses like such a baller he he actually was my first podcast we talked about Star Wars Last Jedi for like an hour and forty minutes. The dude's awesome. I'm gonna have him on again. So I'm I'm excited to have the uh, Flavio on. I got uh, I've got two people for next Friday. I got a guy coming. I just watched this TED talk about water that was super fascinating. You might, uh, yeah, what about it? It was uh, this guy was basically saying, and this is what my guest is going to talk about. Like, like he's going to talk about like light energy, but um, it was basically that this dude was opining that there was a fourth state to liquid. So, you know, because there's like there's vapor. There's like ice, like it's solid, and then there's just, you know, liquid. Just liquid. Yeah. (laughs) But he was saying that there's a fourth phase and how we could like harness that and, and then how, um, like, like there's positive and negative attraction, um, to certain molecular alignments of, of liquid and, and he was, I mean, just kind of diagramming it all out. And I was fascinated by it, but I was like thinking that like, that fourth state could, could vary. And then he was, he was talking about in like simply molecular terms. Cause I was just like, cause I was thinking like the lower you go down in the ocean at, at what point, like in the super deep depths where it's not getting any light. I kind of thought he was talking about the, uh, like almost like a mud or something, but he's like, that's like, I guess a different molecular structure than what this dude is alluding to. But he's kind of alluding to like a uh, like slushy type. Huh? like the mid transition between like ice melting over water or in water or ice turning to more of a solid, just like a slush. I don't know. Sounds like crazy stuff. It was crazy stuff. I mean, like I'm not the expert in it, but the guest, I mean, he's going to, he's going to talk about it and we're going to go over it. He's uh, actually, have have you got a massage uh, by a guy at our gym since you've been here? No. Might have him like work on your shoulder, dude. When he comes in next week, he's gonna be doing some massages. I don't know if you're working uh, next Friday, but no. um, I bet, dude, he's been working on me for like over a year and a half. And I get like I never really got massages other than a time or two before that. And like, yeah, it's something I've been meaning to do my whole life, but never done it. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, um, that dude in chiropractic. Like, I that know too. some 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 people are anti chiropractic care, but. I don't care. All I know is like I've been straight up like can't function with an issue with my collarbone and shoulder. And um, I was just like had resolved I was going to have to live with it. I'm like I felt pressure pushing out from like the back of my neck up through the front of my collarbone. And it was like excruciating. And I went for three visits. Like what I like about my guys, he's never like we're going to need to see you 48 more times. Yeah. And then it m- might be fixed. Maybe, maybe 60 times, you know, like they were like, he's just like, dude, come back and see me if you feel like you need it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, it's just really like almost like going to physical therapy, and he does do alignments on you if you're not too jacked up. But he he did a the first alignment. And it was mostly just like a PT ice heat. They put on this like um, gel on the back of my neck and did this little wand thing that was like shocking my muscle, like a ultrasound type deal. I was like super awesome. Have you ever used a tens unit like electroshock pads? Like no. fatigues your muscle and gets it to relax. I've got one here at the house. They're super legit. But uh, like they do that when you go to the chiropractor, they put them on your back and it just. And then he'll have like his assistant or him like super work your back muscles out and maybe give you an alignment. But he gave me a light alignment, and then the next time he gave me this like a full alignment, popped everything. And my rib back here started hurting, like, right below where that issue was in my neck. And uh, I told him about that and I went and saw him a third time. Like, literally hasn't hurt since, dude. And I was hurting for months. And so, like, when people are calling bullshit, I'm just like, that's my that's my deal. Like, I couldn't function. Like, I yeah. couldn't. I was, I was depressed about it, too. I, I feel you on that, for sure. Yeah, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm going to show you a couple of things that um, <laughs> I picked up over the years. Because I got that level 2 AC separation. And, like, I've noticed, like, I did yoga. I've been doing yoga more. I did yoga twice this week, and there's certain things that, like, really get that shoulder and open it up. But Really? I do yoga every single day. And that's good. I feel like oh, there's not really that much that it moves it in a way that I think it needs to be moved. See, I would say this. Like, what I don't, like, what I'm saying that I don't, like, makes it feel not good is things like what you were saying on that rubber guard the other day. Like, Probably like yeah, one thing I'll do that. is, um, and I, I like I do this for Cora because she makes me pop her back all the time. Um, but like, think about like, opening your chest out like that. Like mm-hmm. that's what like getting my posture and like doing a certain set of exercise, like doing that on the foam roller, because you want your your sternum and your chest to open like that. Because yeah. as we get older, your shoulders just kind of naturally yeah fall in and you do you sit, do you have to sit at a desk all day you get to walk around i do i, I walk a lot because do you have your own office yeah legit well it's like a cubicle nice it's dope though yeah cool <laughs> like what kind of decorative stuff you got you got any like plants or like, oh, what do you no. got? see i want to bring a plant in but i have to bring it like through security and everything you got it yeah I don't know about doing all that do you um do you conceal carry no i i used to and i want to probably shouldn't do that well, <laughs> well i know but like i've heard so many stories about dudes like being off on vacations happened last year at the plant being off and then like come back from vacation and they accidentally left their 380 in their bag or something and then they get through security and they're like dude you are fired bro like you can't be bringing your concealed to <laughs> yeah, the nuke plant i don't know but yeah that's like i've heard a lot of people at the plant they said they stopped carrying because they didn't want to get fired like their buddy I don't know. I mean, there's signs everywhere. It's a self-check. No well, see, I, I, a lot of the guys <laughs> I know. Walk did, straight past that. Did you ever? Um, did you ever get to train with Danny in boxing? Danny, who's he, Danny Cruz? He works at the plant. He's in security. I don't think so. But most of the dudes I know, like I've got Aaron Morris. He's one of my blue belts. He's in security, um, and these dudes work like crazy hours. Danny worked like more overtime than ever last year. But uh, they're they're the ones who are telling me that because I guess they have to deal with it and get briefings on it like more than anybody being in security. Yeah. So let's see, man. Um, what uh, what were the other fights on the main card on that uh, 
last week. UFC 219, besides Cyborg Home, obviously. Um, it was a Khabib fight. Yeah, what did you think about that? I thought he just freaking annihilated. Yeah, he, he annihilated him. Uh, Dude, I mean, why... Why did um, they not make Khabib versus Tony Ferguson? Was Tony Ferguson not ready? What was the deal with that? Oh, shoot, what is the reason for that? Isn't Khabib, or Tony Ferguson fighting someone coming up, or am I? I think you're right. Um, I'll look that up. He was already booked. Khabib thirty twenty five, thirty twenty five, thirty twenty four. Yeah, <laughs> I, oh, I thought that was gonna happen, but like you can't disagree with that. You know, one thing I will say is that. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, on the home Durandamy fight, if they would have taken a point, that would have been a draw. And I think that's what they were petitioning petitioning the AC for because I remember they took that to petition for that late hit happening two times. I think they were going for like a DQ, but yeah. they didn't ended up not doing anything. So interesting. Yeah, the uh, I wanted to see Khabib versus Tony Ferguson. And I wish, uh, and I'm glad Khabib made weight. And he didn't look like he was dying on the scale or anything. He looked I mean, good. I, I heard he had the new nutritionist or something this time, and I think it, he looked a lot better. What's dude? I wonder what Mike Dolce's been into these days. I'm he's still working. I, I know. Like I was just thinking the other day, I got to do um, a little seminar with him one time over um, just nutrition. And last time I heard about him was when he was with Rousey. Yeah, I just remember BJ Penn talking shit about him that one time. And like BJ didn't make weight or something. I, I can't remember what the deal was. Yeah, there's been a few people I think that have said something about him. He's always kind of like got some drama following him. Yeah. yeah. Well, dude, Mike Dolce, um, he was saying when I um, that he uh, used to be this big jacked up power lifter and like like blew out both of his shoulders doing bench or something like just like really like wrecked his body. And was like super poor nutrition, and then just like became Mike Dolce, the Dolce diet guy. <laughs> like, I mean, like the most, he had some of the craziest ideas. And man, everybody I ever saw that like followed his plan really killed it in terms of like what they were trying to do, like get more, get more lean muscle mass, um, maintain, recover faster, not, you know, <laughs> not, uh, not get injured as much. I mean, that do this, the diet piece is so important i think that's um of course it could have just been an excuse but you saw that picture of um johanna freaking crying in the bathtub uh before that last fight that she's because she's like oh well, i lost because i had a, a bad nutritional team and yeah i heard something about that yeah i mean and that could just be an excuse but i mean it's a real issue like i didn't watch it but cora did that um it was like a little documentary about cyborg cutting weight did you check that out and she's just like Cora's just like all the time like talking shit about Cyborg and because she saw that documentary she's like this is bad for the sport it's you know like oh, that gosh. needs to serve as a footnote for what not to do you know it's like we're I would like for Cora to move down to 115 but like that's going to be a process of like her fighting at 25 a couple more times I mean she's leaning out her body's changed like probably like I would say she's on like her third to fourth little change since um uh, since starting to do martial arts because mm -hmm. like she had never really done anything athletic or what have you and then got into training and like really transformed her body multiple times now she's doing yoga and personal training works with a guy two times a week and all the drilling and other stuff she does and teaching i mean she's plugged into the matrix yeah uh i kind of was not into um did you watch that dan hooker fight yeah i I liked it. I thought really? Dan Hooker did a 
I kind of fell. I kind of fell asleep in it. I should rewatch oh, it. That's why I was wanting to. Like, I was wanting I, I to rewatch the whole card, and just do a do an episode over that. But dude, I just I'm always in here watching fights anyway and breaking things down. It's like Tim and I were doing yesterday, and um, like a lot of the casts I've already done. I think I put four on iTunes yesterday. I've got them all edited and starting to get them uploaded and. I think I'll have my animations all back by Monday and I can put everything on YouTube, but I'm trying to, and I'm building my website, but I'm trying to figure out where everywhere I want to put, but apparently iTunes will upload to that stitcher that I was telling you about with mm-hmm. the podcast knobs, giving them a shout out right now. Maybe they'll listen to this if I upload it, <clears throat> but that's been, that's been a cool part is figuring out what I want to do. I haven't done a Facebook page yet. I'm probably going to do that. I thought about sharing it on my own Facebook page, but, um, I don't know. It's like, I already have a lot of Facebook pages for the other stuff. Yeah. You know, like there's the fitness page, there's the gym page, there's the group, the member group. Then there's my own page and we got a page for the nonprofit, Mm -hmm. which before that we had a, so like we created a parent page for that, but before that we had a page for the boxing club. So it's just like, and I had, yeah, when I was competing, uh, all the time I had an athlete page cause I was sponsored by gameness and, um, a few other people. And I was just always like making really pointed posts about sponsors and things of that nature. But that's been a couple of years back and I don't even update that anymore. I should probably close it down. But yeah, I like that. Um, Carlos Barza fight. I did too. Uh, it was a good follow up to it was the cool. It was cool. This Carla, Showed a little craftiness with her uh, striking against the bigger, taller. What I keep thinking that uh, shoot, what, what's her name? The, the girl she fought. Um, she seems Cal Calvillo. Yeah, Cynthia Calvillo. So yeah, she seemed like so much younger, but they they were the same age actually. Uh, I guess maybe because she's younger in MMA years or whatever. But yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> That's what I'm saying about Miguel. It's like, I, I really, on it. I'm not saying he was like all spent and used up, but like physically speaking, I remember looking at that dude at that seminar and his freaking gnarly ass forehead, which I think he had plastic surgery on because it like, dude, that cut was gnarly. I think it was from the Benef- I can't remember if it was Benavides or Bowles that cut him real bad. Like somebody cut him real bad and then guillotined him. And then, uh, what? I just have to look back because I, Miguel had a, a round of like really tough fights there at the end of the WC back when Vincent Henderson was jump getting kicked in the face by Anthony Pettis. That was legit. Dude, I really, I think we talked about this the other day uh, and I ended up rewatching it, but that, that fight against Vincent Henderson versus Nate Diaz, that's a good fight. That was dude. a really good fight. Like that thigh jab. I yeah. love that. I love that. <laughs> Doing the people and sparring, though, I was kind of looking at me like, what the hell? I know, dude. And then, too, so like, I was, I was sparring with uh, Tim, and we were just boxing a couple of times, um, like this weekend, last week. And uh, I was like, having to not do it because it's like when I do, like when we, we work in MMA or whatever, I'm always thinking about it and doing it because it adds like another layer of, am I going to take you down? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. No. So it's like, there's like high, mid, low with your jab. It gives, it gives you another little level that you you don't have that in boxing. Right. Can't can't jab people in the leg in boxing. Yeah, What's that all about? about that. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Like, cause uh, when Surrett was over the other day, he's like, "Hey, hey, you guy, 
you can't grab people like that, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. and in boxing, you can't, uh, there's like very little you can do in terms of grabbing. You got to kind of like push off or turn out, but which I don't, I mean, I don't really agree with, but that's just a stylization of sport, man. You see yeah. it in every sport. Yeah. I know you're not supposed to, but, um, boxing sparring for me is punching. Yeah. No, sparring. I mean, I'm the same way. It's like, and here's <laughs> you know, the thing, I'm dude. Not, I don't care about competing in boxing. I'm well, never going to compete in boxing. Dude, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pull this up. Stand up game. While we're talking about it, I'm going to pull up uh, Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali would clinch the shit out of people. Like, yeah, I'm talking it. like single it. collar tie. Dude, I, like Tim and I, I was like this, like I pulled up this uh, fight with uh, this dude. Um, what was his name? Um, let me look real quick here at my search. Um, a boxer, um, Pryor versus Argu Arguello. This dude like drank some sort of speed between rounds. Like he was getting his ass kicked and drank this stuff. And like uh, his his coach was like, "I'm just gonna pull it up and we'll talk about it here on the here on the uh, in the let's see here. I'll cast it up on the TV. So this and you won't be able to hear the commentary because uh, I unhooked the uh, unhooked the feed. But so basically in between rounds, and this dude was a known coach was known for cheating he took padding out of somebody's gloves one time that's a oh. totally separate thing but um and and there's a funny story on how they figured it out but this dude that's in the corner there is like hey no 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 give me my other bottle the, the one i mixed <laughs> that's exactly what it, what he said give me that bottle the one i mixed they're smelling salts which you're not supposed to use either he's like hey drink this speed man then he goes out and just annihilates and TKOs oh. the dude. Like, that was what happened to him last round, right? Like, he, I want to say he got dropped right there. But uh, I watched this whole fight the other day, but I just pulled this up for Tim. I was like, hey, I want you to watch this. And then I came over, and I was like, you know, because Tim, Tim's a worker, and dude wants to, wants to go uh, as far as he can with boxing. He says he wants to fight in the Olympics, and I put as much time in with him as I can and um, try and get him out there as much as I can. He's had... I think six, five fights a season, maybe seven fights overall. But I was like, dude, this is the bullshit that you're going to run up against. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, that's like I want to do a ton of episodes and maybe pick like a bunch of different people and do a bunch of like just keep raising awareness on the PED issue because so many people are doing it so many people are i mean it's just like if it wasn't if it wasn't a part of the rules it's illegal it wouldn't be that big of a deal but it's like it's just the fact that some people are like you can be john jones and be a millionaire and get blood transfusions which is what i think is going on i think the dudes is doing what lance armstrong is doing get he has enough money and the right resources to to pass the test except for like you saw to seeing that the pee come out of your penis can't pass that one. Yeah, because apparently there's like, have you heard Shale Sonnen talk about it? Like this dude was like not doing this kind of stuff before he drank that bottle. Like he was getting his ass beat, dude. I, I got, what could he have possibly drank? To, I don't. Know, well, they say they say speed. That or the the theory was that he drank um, something like 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 they put cocaine in the bottle. That was one one theory I heard, but. Huh. I don't know. I mean, you think I've never obviously drank any cocaine, but <laughs> what well, I don't know. It would be hard for me to believe or I mean, I get I don't know how fast that stuff can, you know, bam and all of a sudden it could be a, a psychological thing for him if he thought that was going to happen. 
placebo like all right i'm, I'm good to go ready could could be or did you say he he had the smelling salts too yeah so have you seen um and i heard about both of these both of these instances i think i'd i'd heard about the ali one um this is when he was cassius clay i heard about um this one on joe rogan a while back i don't remember what episode but um i think this is it muhammad ali versus henry cooper he was the uh european uh heavyweight champion so let's see see if i can find a short video of it but basically henry cooper at the end of the fifth round i think it was drops all you cassius clay out of the ring like like punches him drops him through the ropes and then the bell rang like in that order and um Angelo Dundee uh, is, uh, and he even said, this was in 63. I'm going to pull this up. Angelo Dundee even said um, that he did this later on on like an ESPN interview of some kind. But uh, this isn't the one where Ali's hanging on him. But I think it was Ali and the Zaire fight just kept hanging, kept hanging, kept pulling on the head. And you saw that Conor McGregor, how he was using the same stuff. It's like yeah. it's illegal in boxing, but the ref never takes a point for that shit. I'll tell you, he took a point from uh, the dude that Lomachenko fought, though. Did he take a point from I'm him? pretty sure he did take a point. I know there was a warning. Or, for, for, but, for grabbing because yeah, he just like – yeah, he took a point. And uh, I was happy to see that, but I mean, in all honesty, as many infractions as Connor took, it's like he probably should have had a point taken. Yeah, the, from I him. thought the ref was super, just kind of generous. That ref with cracks Connor. me up, dude. I, I like watching that dude ref. I don't know his name, but uh, I mean, maybe too. Like it's like this in MMA. I see it every card. It's like they may just give the pros a little more leniency, like at the, in those big money fights like that, because yeah, probably. that's it exactly sense. it. If that like that's an industry fight. You know, like mm -hmm. the amount of people that fight is going to pay. And that was the big uh, talk on the Canelo Triple G corruption is that they're like, no, they made it a draw so they can have a rematch because there are no other fights in boxing for which uh, we want to see that are money fights. So there was this one dude that came on, I want to say Sports Center. It's like right after the Triple G fight. And he's like, follow the money, follow the money follow the money this is some corrupt bullshit like dude was pissed and was saying that it was basically rigged wow. yeah because i mean like that's just it like i'm interested to see if zufa does the boxing um because i would like to see that because it gives it gives more outlets for boxing you know but there's a lot of a lot of issues that are kind of making the sport of boxing the way it is that i don't think zufa can do anything about like the ali act so I think it's between this round right here. It may not be. This is a ten minute video. Angelo Dundee. Did did Ollie get knocked down? No. I'm gonna fast forward, see if we can find it. So Ollie gets knocked down and saved by the bell. And then Angelo Dundee rips Ollie's glove open. That glove is now on display. Um but he rips Ollie's glove open so Ollie has like five minutes to recover. He's like, Oh ref. He, he fell out of the ring and ripped his glove. We got to switch his glove. And um, apparently Angelo Dundee sounds like Joey Diaz. <laughs> yeah, dude, I love Joey Diaz. Momo. <laughs> but this dude was the European champ and really took it to Ali. And yeah. that, like, it was literally a save by the bell type situation. 
I've been watching a lot of old Ali fights lately. I love Ali. There's not very many boxers I, I really follow, but Ali is one of them. Yeah, dude, I, I really... I love the way he fights. I like dude, I like, too, because he, does. he doesn't... He's, it's a, he's a little... He's very tall when he fights, you know? Like, a lot of people will... Hung, and I like that about Floyd. Like, he stands a little more upright than, like, a lot of people crouch down. I mean, like, I, you never see Mike Tyson stand up that straight. You know, he's always in, in more yeah. of a crouch-type <laughs> stance. I love the skipping lean-back right-hand counter. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I can't remember if it was on the podcast, but I was talking yesterday or it was with um, somebody at the gym about um, boxers taking kidney damage. And it's always it's always um, the boxers that blade the most that yeah. get the most kidney damage because they expose that, that lead. So just repeated shots to the kidneys. Repeated shots. But another thing that people say about um, repeated shots to the kidneys while you're going through something that's dehydrating your body. Think about how much uh, these yeah, dudes sweat. Yeah. That was what they were saying about the humidity and the Zaire and the Manila fight is how much. I, I, there's a, you, do you have HBO? Nope. Dude, you got to get HBO. You got to get a buddy's login and use it on Amazon. You need a buddy on Amazon. That's what I got. No, I don't. I'm not doing that. But HBO, there's a documentary on there about, and it may be on YouTube. I don't think it is, though about Sugar Ray Robinson talking about his kidney damage, but they're ta they talk about a fight that he got into where like the lights were too hot and it was like burning their flesh off. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I've heard, I've heard, yeah, there it oh, is. Man. Yeah. Right. Like this is, I mean, he's undefeated at this point and that's what Angelo Dundee's. He's like, I can't be having my fight lose fights. He's the yeah. next greatest thing, you know, but uh, like he's out like and Angelo Dundee's like, come on champ. Come on, let's do this. We got to, He's like, look, <laughs> he just stood up and then sat back down. I mean, he's literally like, uh, I want to say the ref walks over and asks if he's going to be able to continue. Look at that, boom, lead hook right nice. to the face, falls through. So I guess Angelo said that when he grabbed the rope like that, but he said he looked down and saw a wrinkle in the glove and just tore it. Like they're using smelling salts right there. That's illegal. <laughs> look at him, dude. He's, he is, uh, yeah, he's out of it. But this is uh, – I've showed Tim both of these both of these fights and a couple more, and I'm like, dude, people cheat. People oh, yeah. people you love cheat. Oh, yeah. And people you – and I, I was basically telling him, I'm like, I'm probably not going to be that guy for you, dude. Like I have an ethical problem with breaking the rules. But yeah. at the same time, it's like it's, they don't regulate – can't regulate performance-enhancing drugs. And boxing. And in uh, any sport ever since the 1960s, in my view. They like, I mean, that's like with all of this, like, like the Russian, the Russian, um, it's not just track and field. I, I believe in every event, Russia is not going to participate in the next Olympics. I saw that. Yeah. And that's because of from... doping. Yeah. And uh, before they're like, oh, well, we're just going to ban the track and field team. But dude, it was all of their, all of, all of their events. Of and, uh, so like Ali comes back after getting all of this time to like, there's another video that shows how much time it takes for them to swap his glove and it's like five minutes or something. I want to say they, um, I can't remember. They had to like go get a glove from the, like the gloving tables in the back. So <clears throat> yeah, but he, um, what's crazy is he, um, he had, I think he had cut him over the eyebrow. He cut Cooper over the eyebrow in the last round. Yeah. See that. And then he just targeted it and opened it up and he ends up TKO on him right here wow. or he gets stopped due to the cut. I can't remember. Look at that. eye. 
Yeah. And I think that happened this round. I, I forget the exact breakdown. Yeah, that ref just called it because of that cut. Little weasels over there. Dude, I know, right? <laughs> I know. I went, dude, when I heard about this, and I was like, because I said this is like when he's Cassius Clay. Um, I, I was just like, what? I mean, it's it's not like belief-shattering stuff. I know it goes on, but... Um, Yo, Romero, I'm pretty sure he... Dude, okay, well, let's talk like, I want to... <laughs> what do you think about this freaking Bellator tournament, bro? Three three out of the eight people have been caught. I think it's... I mean, it's sick, though. And you know they're all... Uh, they're all equally cheaters and stuff. I know. That's like, um, it's all, just like, let them all do it. Just let them all do it. Just get your nose out of it. Golden snitch, man. But then there's ones that are like actual high level fighters right now too. Like Bader. He's one of the best in the world. And uh, he probably doesn't, uh, he's, he's been successful at high levels. Probably not. He hasn't had any issues with the doping in the past. So I'm, and man, I think clean. that, um, primarily, uh, I mean, you know what a grind training can be. And then if you get something like if you hurt something and you want to keep training, you're trying to, it's like you do with your shoulder. It's like you do your best to moderate and then you like throw one punch a little too hard or something while you're trying to recover. And then that probably does set you back uh, on a, a recovery a day or two or whatever. Huge. It's huge. And, uh, but that's why I think fighters are using it for more than anything is to get through those hard ass practices when you're fighting at that level. They're like, Every practice is super important. Yeah, yeah. That's the injuries helps helps out a lot. Yeah. What? Uh, so let me pull up that um, card from next weekend. What? Uh, next weekend is quite an interesting the four, card. The fourteenth. That's uh, where Belfort is fighting. Um, what? Uh, what? What? What card is that? That's like a um, yeah. Steve. Stevens versus Choi. Yeah. Do Ho Choi. Um, let me pull up that card right here because I was wanting to talk about this. Um, Stevens versus Choi. I'm excited about that. I know who the fuck this guy is. Jeremy Stevens, he's a freaking knockout artist. Plus, yeah. I really like his movement, coach. Movement, speaking of Conor McGregor. Naughty Aguilar, have you ever followed him? No. Look him up on YouTube. He's got a channel called Functional Patterns. I guarantee I'm going to throw him up. Is he a like Ido Portal? Um. In a, in a sense, um, he, he does a lot of like mace training and like just weird, I'm going to pull up tons of kettlebell stuff. Like the way I do my kettlebell swings now, like I got from, um, I got from Naughty Aguilar. I'm going to throw this up. Is the first and only infant formula. Little commercial there in the microphone from YouTube. But yeah, this dude is like, uh, he works with a few UFC fighters, but um, has really, I feel like, brought Jeremy Stevens' game up a notch. How long has he been with this guy? Um, two or three years, I believe. And I, oh, as far wow. as I know, he's still with him. Wow. But he's been working with him for a while. Let me pull up Jeremy Stevens' record real quick. I mean, Stevens is, I feel like, on a little bit of a run. I mean, he's headlining. He's the main event on this card. 26 wins, 14 losses. Do you mind if I take a restroom break real quick? Yeah, man, totally. I'm actually we'll uh, we'll pause this and I'll do the same thing. You need a water or anything, man? No, I'm good. I've got this coffee. Yeah, um, choke. Uh, it's this documentary. It's at it, it one point. It's one of the top documentaries on YouTube. 
It's about Hickson, like, right while, like, Hoist is coming up. He's fighting in this, like, what the whole family kind of talks about as being, like, more important than the UFC in this big tournament, like an eight-man tournament in one night, not in one fucking year. That's, like, what I'm not excited about um, this Bellator thing is, like, it ain't going to shake out the way anybody wants because people are going to get hurt, and then this person, I have to fight that. And it, but it could introduce new cooler people or new justice cooler Yeah, people like Rory McDonald. Like Rory McDonald. If he gets in there, I'll be so hyped. What do you think about, um, what is his name, Justin Wren, Transit Lovato's in Oklahoma City. He was just on Joe Rogan's podcast, the pygmy guy. Why do I? He builds the, he builds the he's been on Joe Rogan's twice. Um, he, he's and, a fighter? He's a fighter. He fights in Bellator. He fights in the heavyweight division. I want to say since he's been back, he's won every fight in Bellator. Maybe won his last five fights or something. I looked him up the other day, but he left. Uh, first time he, I saw him on Joe Rogan, he was about he was trying to raise money to go to Africa to like build wells for tribes and villages and stuff like that. And I want to say they've done like seventy wells. But what's crazy is this dude now is in. So like Rafael Lovato's in Bellator. That dude's just right up the road in Oklahoma City, oh, like yeah. three and a half hours from here, and he's probably one of the most decorated jujitsu guys in the. Uh, maybe, I think he is the most decorated American jujitsu practitioner, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. But I'm trying to find American football player Justin Wren. Maybe this is. But yeah, he fights in Bellator, and I'm, I'm like, why isn't this dude? American humanitarian worker in pro mixed martial arts. Yeah, that's him. But I, I have a super high opinion of Lovato. Yeah, this dude's one is like, man, two, four, his last six fights. He was, he was on the Ultimate Fighter heavyweights back in 09. That's, that's another thing. I, I'm pretty sure it was that season 10. And this is Justin Rand you're talking about? Yeah. So I think that he was on the um, Ultimate Fighter uh, that, and he could have just been fighting on that card. Let me double check. But that's, I believe that's Ultimate Fighter with Brendan Schwab and Kimbo Slice and Matt Mitrione. Maybe Brendan Schwab should have entered the, the Bellator tournament. I don't know about that. Like, like that'd be funny if, like, he just rolled up on Joe Rogan yeah. and it's like, or, like, on Fighter and the Kids started being like, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make a run. I've been training. He must then, have mentioned it at a time. I'm sure it crossed his mind. Like, man, I kind of wish I was in that tournament because he might yeah, I mean, just as good as most of the guys there. Honestly, yes, dude. Uh, and I talk, I, I talk about this a lot, but like, I have this, uh, can, like a conspiracy theory that like, since like Bellator is kind of like the wild west of MMA right now in a, in a way, except for like Arkansas where people are failing HIV tests in Florida and then coming to Arkansas and falsifying the results. You hear about all that? We had a, a pro not. boxer on an all boxing card in Camden a few weeks ago that falsified a result and then they had to go back and get every time it made national news. Wow. Um, so and it, and now, well, it's good. It's good though. It's good for the sport because now everybody has to get blood tested in the state. Everybody. Yeah. So but it kind of sucks though for, yeah, you got to go through it, but I mean, it's like 80 bucks to do like, you can get this online test and take it to like a med express or something. Cora did it and they were able to use her blood from legacy on this last fight. She was supposed to fight in that fell through. So, yeah, but I would like to see Justin Wren. I, I don't know why he's not in the tournament because in Bellator, I mean, he's not a, a really big name uh, in terms of heavyweights, but he's probably got a better record at the at heavyweight. He is thirteen and two. So, and he's got six wins and he's on a six win uh, streak. 
and he's had six knockouts. So I'd like to see him get in the mix when somebody pops positive for steroids and can't finish the tournament. Who all is it? It's it's uh, Fedor. They're not going to pop positive for steroids. Yeah, because Bellator is no. the Wild West, bro. Or because <laughs> no, they're kidding. wealthy enough that they can, you know. They might get out due to an injury or something. But yeah. I think yeah. most part of the, these fights are going to happen. So my my conspiracy theory is that the Fertitta brothers actually ousted Jorn Rebney. And now in some back-end sense of the way, own Bellator. Think, think about it. Scott Coker who was in Strike Force after the UFC bought Strike Force is in Bellator. I want to say is it Mike Gold uh, they just fired the commentator who was just on Joe Rogan the other day is on the Joe Rogan the last episode they of fired Joe him? I want to say Jimmy? right Yeah. I didn't watch the episode yet. It was I didn't it came either, but on. I saw him on there and I was like, yeah, that's he's probably not, a really cool episode. Yeah, I know, right? But he's not the commentator. I anymore. really like Jimmy. So, um but is Mike Goldberg commentating in Bellator? I think so. Yeah, so it's just kind of like, and then like. They should have the three guys, right? There's the dude from Pride. And what sense does it make that Roy McDonald went over there and that Benson Henderson went over there? That they're just kind of, you know, like how many UFC fighters gone over there? And that always happens when there's another kind of like right underneath the UFC level promotion. And that's been, and then it's like right under Bellator, in my view, is a legacy. But, and Invicta, if you're talking females. But it's uh, it's interesting to me how many people have gone over there and like think about like some of the biggest money fights that have happened. I mean, literally Kimbo versus um, what was it uh, that Kimbo dot off five thousand? That was like a big that card that that was on. Cause I think didn't Gracie fight Shamrock on that card? He did. I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, two UFC vets. I mean, it's like, and then too here's another thing. So you got Shell Sunning. And I'm telling you, dude, I've been telling people this. Like, I think we're going to see Chuck Liddell because there's a bunch of buzz about And I think Chuck's going to come back in Bellator. And I think he's going to fight Shell Sonnen. I think he's going to fight Tito. And I think he's going to fight Rampage. Tito's retired for good. Yeah, dude, I saw him. Like, Okay, so check this out. Tito's head is so big that I was like, I wasn't in the nosebleed. Tell you, I was in that T-Mobile arena watching the Michael Johnson Gagey fight. And he was sitting like cage side like to my kind of like front right and you could like i mean it's like a whole row like he's sitting on like the second row it's like a whole section like maybe 20 rows of seats and he's sitting on like the second row like a few seats down and dude like you could definitively tell that was he like it was like like it literally like you ever play like 007 golden eye for nintendo 64 oh yeah remember you could get the dk mode with the big head dude that's what it reminded me of dude i'm like bro like your head is bigger than everybody like it's like he did it's like stuck out from the entire crowd it was crazy like you knew it as soon as you saw him but he was walking outside board then i'm like damn dude your head is so big anyway so what do you think about uh that uh speaking of with uh, riffing on uh trt and stuff a little bit earlier what do you think about uh t-tour and uh Hero? uh t-tour he's not a, a <laughs> former shell of himself <laughs> So, but then again, you know, Rot Hall likes to. What's fascinating to me is both those dudes have wheel kick knockouts on their yeah, record. Yeah, so I hear that, but I hadn't seen Vitor even, I don't think, throw a wheel kick since TRT days have been over. <laughs> now he's just I a know, puncher. right? Yeah, he, I don't think he's even thrown one. So, and I highly doubt he's going to be quick enough, like athletic enough to be able to throw one timed even remotely fast enough to hit Uriah Hall. Granted, Uriah Hall doesn't have the greatest footwork in the world but he is a fast athletic dude 
I don't see that happening. So Vitor just beat Nate Marquardt in a decision. Yeah, really close decision. What happened with um, the Gastelum fight? He got. I didn't see that obliterated fight. Obliterated by the or, one two. Originally a TKO punches win for Gastelum overturned after he te- who tested positive for marijuana. Gastelum or yeah, Vitor? Yeah, Gastelum. Shame on him. Yeah. <laughs> oh man so yeah i bet you have to deal with um i've heard the plant is super strict about um drug testing and random drug they tried to do me like dirty that. the other day they gave me a drug test the day i got back from vacation wow and like no one else is there the plant is shut down and it just got back from my vacation they're like hey we're gonna need you to go up in the hill they did that to up. a friend of mine um and it was literally like we just uh, um and she it wasn't a big deal she passed obviously but um like we just got back from a concert that we like. I it was like maybe the Roger Waters concert or something we went to last year, and uh, it was just like coincidental that it's like. And I mean, she's like goes to her boss like, "Hey, I need off of this concert. I'm gonna go here and do this." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's okay, you know." Blah, blah, blah. She takes off and then like literally like gets back on and then like the Tuesday after she gets back, they're like, "Yeah." And so everybody disguised it the same way as you just said, "We're gonna need you to go up on the hill." Yeah, and it's it's random. But yeah, I used to know a lot of times it doesn't seem random. Like, you know, I swear every time I've had to go, it's like after a long weekend or a vacation, like the very day. But it's supposed to be random. Yeah, I've, well, I mean, I guess, you know, I wonder, I wonder what places like that. I mean, I'm sure they can still choose for like, I know like a lot of plants that – don't do random testing or not plants rather like in a, like speaking like nuclear plants, but just different, um, employers, they will, um, drug test if you get injured and it's like almost like a backdoor yeah. for if you fail, they don't have to pay workman's comp type deal. I bet that will never go away, but I wonder how some of these, um, what policy will do when, when and if uh, marijuana becomes federally legal. Cause it's like CBD is federally legal. They in California and Oregon, if I'm not mistaken, both or it's about to happen. If it didn't just happen, they moved um, a certain type of uh, psilocybin, like a, a, a yeah, mushroom, to schedule two, yeah, for medical use. Because uh, they're um, starting to find out that like there's a guy on on uh, JRE, which he has a website out too. His name's Paul Stamets. Was talking about how um, even certain types of non I guess psychoactive would be the way to describe it. Types of mushrooms, like shiitake mushrooms and stuff, can help you bring about neurogenesis. Like yeah, lines, neural man. pathways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a fascinating episode. I've actually I'm working on like the third listen through on it because the first time I didn't really like. I kind of I think I fell asleep or something. But second time I was like, man, this dude is legit. I'm yeah, like, I really like Paul Stamets. He has some interesting ideas, and I like what he's doing with the the mushrooms. Yeah, I mean, and, and people like him are probably some of the, and I know they've done a lot of uh, government level testing and labs yeah. and stuff over the years, but people like him are probably the reason that it's moving to that is like more of a therapeutic, but I'm all about like trying that route of things for things like, uh, for people like veterans and people that are suffering trauma, trying to kind of reroute those neural pathways mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or cre- create new ones or reform old ones, like whatever the issue is, I'm I'm not really super up on the science behind it but if it's you know it's like whatever works for that person it's like crazy that people doing the um it's not i guess it's not cbd i guess it's more like probably cbd and thc combined but like the oils that are like stop did you see that parkinson's video 
The guy's just like can't even function from Parkinson's. Has a few drops put under his tongue and then is like eating a sandwich and like relaxing on the couch. Yeah, it's crazy. I was, it's really disappointing to me that uh, I, I, I love CBD. Yeah. Can't take it anymore because. Well, uh, really? Yeah. It, even I, though it's federally. But it still has, even if you take, I, I, I think this is right. You know, I'm not a big science guy like I'm in not this either. field, but. There's, but bro science. You take um, CBD with that's free of THC. It still has like point zero zero one metabolites or, or whatever. whatever. Yeah. yeah. So and then THC builds up in fat cells. So see, I guess now, if I've you heard continue, I've heard this. So I've heard that the the reason you're that some THC is found in CBD is the fault of like the grower or whatever. Like I've heard that CBD like the extracts and stuff they're coming out with that they're supposed to be totally psychoactive free and not have any THC in them. But what like their people are failing for THC right now when they're just doing CBD, like I, I want to say maybe a couple of fighters it's happened to, but it's, um, it's just like where they get it from. It's like almost like, uh, I, I believe that this would be how it shakes down like a grower, they take and they grow their plant, they trim their plant, they take the trimmings and stuff, and they make other products out of that, edibles, hash, all of these things that they all sell to the dispensary. Well, these same growers, I believe, who are probably also in the THC oil game for, like, vaping and stuff, mm-hmm. um, I think that they are uh, probably just trying to get in the CBD game, too, and, it, like, they're making it out of the same plant. And, and they're getting some, like, uh, like almost like John Jones said, or they've talked about with John Jones, like supplements that have been contaminated because they were made in the same vat. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Honestly, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard that, um, that about that point zero zero one or like, or, you know, that there's traces. I have heard there's traces of THC and CBD, but it's like a, a, a mess up. No, I'm, I'm not sure if you can completely isolate. Have you looked into that hemp work stuff that everybody's selling? That's just what I, that's what I've seen. And like, basically the only reason I know what I know about CBD is, is from a little narrative from before, but like a lot of people are selling it now since it's federally legal and fighters are able to use it now. Yeah. That's nice that they're let them use it. And it, and it could be, cause I know that they've changed it to where you can have a certain amount of metabolite. So t- uh, the golden cinch was talking about that on JRE with the Diaz thing. And he was like, yeah, well, Diaz was still like three times over. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, I don't know. That, that's, that's interesting. Maybe cause you know, I don't, I don't know. It's not one of those things you don't know if you'll pop on a drug test for THC for taking CBD, but, but you don't want to risk, risk it. it. Did, I yeah. mean, I wouldn't either. So you, what you have, what, um, what's your degree in mechanical engineering, nuclear and radiological N- okay. engineering. See the dude I had on yesterday. That's a stand up comic. He is also like, he has like, one class left on his uh, mechanical engineering with nuclear technology bear the comic var check him out yeah i will <laughs> yeah it's cool this dude's trained with me a little bit over the years and um he's been doing stand-up comedy and like doing open mics everywhere like texas oklahoma um i want to say he hit up a place in mississippi the other day arkansas he's hitting up little rock northwest arkansas i believe but just kind of chasing the dream, man. I'm like, dude, I'm doing the same thing with the gym, bro. Like, I get it. Like, cause he's, his whole goal is like, he wants to only do that. That's what he wants to do. He doesn't want to have to like have to use his engineering degree. And I'm like, 
I mean, I want to use my, my master's degree in history and I am doing that teaching a class next semester. So, yeah. Yeah. and I'll teach classes as many semesters in the future, as many classes I can, honestly, cause it's pretty, I mean, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's something that's not going to be super taxing for my time to teach one to even four or five classes a semester, depending because like with my schedule on Tuesday, Thursday and the ability to do online classes and stack classes, like two sections of U S history to one section of civ, you know, just you get down to that process. I've actually had a course over almost all the topics that I'm going to have to go over in that class and uh, world civ two, 1500 to present. So, yeah. Interesting. Civilization was one of my favorite classes. Really? In college. Oh, nice, yeah. dude. Yeah, me too, honestly. And it's because of the guy I took it for. And I didn't get to take him for Civ 1, but when he offered Civ 1, I just went and sat in on it. This dude was a legend. I mean, they actually passed away last year. I was yeah. talking about him yesterday. I was kind of, recently I've been looking into a lot of stuff and I wanted to get my old textbooks from that class because I, I wanted to. Dude, I, I can see. This, ironically, is the book that he used for the course uh, at the time. This dude, um, Armesto, uh, Philippe Fernandez Armesto, he goes over, this is like um, a lot of the perspective on this is through food. Oh, that's interesting. So, like, we went into, like, the history of coffee that, like, and, uh, like, textiles. Like, I remember him covering the loom, but um, fascinating fascinating topics this dude is like a really unique uh historian like but he he really talks about a lot of foods like that's one thing he definitely covers in every area is like this is like he's talking about columbus um he's going to talk about all the food and spices and i mean you get that really in the spices talk and everything and pretty much everything but he really goes into other things besides spices does he go into like theories of the advent of grain and everything? And yeah, to to an extent. I mean, it's been a while since I read that, but I just pulled it off the shelf the other day. I was like, I have two two bookshelves full of history books, and then when that guy Sonny passed away, retired because he retired after fifty years at Tech. Man. Yeah, and um, dude, like I said, dude was legend status, and they let me clean out his office. And, dude, I stacked and stashed every test, every worksheet, every map. And then he gave his book collection to the dean at the time, who's one of my mentors. And then the dean was like, hey, I got all the books I wanted. You can go get all the books you want. And I was just like, so I got a lot of this old professor. I, I mean, I had this professor for, I think, 24 hours of class. The only classes I didn't get to take him for were England and Greece and Rome, and I'm still sad about it. But this dude is super legit. I, I like uh, I went to his funeral, and uh, he would always um, he would always like when somebody would die in like the narrative, he would be like, "Exit Louis the Sixteenth." But it, <laughs> like every time he would be like, and he like, and then Louis got his head chopped off exit louis you know i mean just like like right there and and then marie antoinette got her head chopped off exit marie but when he passed away so many of his former students it was on facebook they said it at the in his eulogy at the funeral they were like exit krieger his name was uh, professor and here's a funny story about this i actually recorded him telling me this story worked in a movie theater in memphis he got his mat the student never even had a phd he got an honorary phd best lecture professor i've ever had and only had a master's degree. 
And uh, actually, when this dude, Armesto, came, it was for an honorary lecture for after that dude had retired. So they have they still have those lectures at Tech where they'll bring in some, like, international, uh, internationally kind of recognized historian, and, and they give a talk of a Krieger lecture series. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, dude was a legend. I, I, miss, uh, I missed him. I got a chance to, to see him, talk to him a few times after he retired. But dude was... I think in his early eighties when he retired and his sad deal, like his wife passed away and then he passed away like 14 days later, pretty much. I mean, from what I gathered and super healthy, it was just like one of those deals mm-hmm. and didn't have a, didn't have much of a reason to live anymore. Sad deal. Well, uh, who else is on that card coming up besides, um, we got Kamara Usman and Emil Meek. Yeah. What that's do you think? That's a big one. Yeah. That's the one you're, that's the one you're wanting to see. Like I saw that and yeah, I was like, they're the two hot prospects coming in. Yeah. And we'll know how, you know, not very many people are talking about Emil Meek. Uh, I don't know why. Cause maybe cause he hasn't fought in a, a long time. Cause he did have a hype train, uh, like a year ago after he, uh, pummeled his Paul Harris. And then, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Okay. He decisioned Jordan mean, which to me, you know, Jordan mean is a really, really good fighter, like super well-rounded. And he, decisioned him so it's kind of like he outclassed him like if you knock out jordan mean sure you know you can get a, a knockout on anyone especially jordan mean that's what happens but if you decision jordan mean that's a big deal i think he, he must be good um I, I didn't watch that fight unfortunately so i don't know how it unfolded but is it was it in the ufc yeah it was in the ufc dude let's pull it up <laughs> like we can do that isn't yeah, that cool like once i like realized that fight path could provide me that for only nine dollars a yeah. month and all the ebis and then, like, full libraries, I'm like, oh, I can watch every Anderson Silver fight ever? Mm. Okay, yeah, I'll pay for that. Um, yeah, uh, Michael Johnson is fighting. He's on the prelim card, Fox Sports 1, against Darren Elkins. Yeah, that's a cool fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like Darren Elkins, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Darren Elkins has kind of been on a slight tear, you know, of a Darren Elkins I mean, yeah, tear. <laughs> that's, um, that's kind of what I, I see going to be an interesting fight. Um, I'm excited to see it. Uh, who else is uh, Tiago Alves is fighting on this card? I didn't even really yeah, yeah, I've been following him, but uh, he's uh, he's still in the game. I remember. Did you ever see Tiago versus uh, Martin Campman? No, I don't think I saw. It that. was um, in 2012, but like um, it was a really good fight, and it was Tiago come back after a pretty uh, big layoff. He remember when Tiago fought that Poppy Albedi guy that was like everybody was buzzing about, and then Tiago just actually like destroyed him. Smith with a rear naked choke in the first round, but then he fought Campman, and Cam- I want to say that he was even kind of winning in the Campman fight, and then, <coughs> excuse me, um, Campman like grabbed him, like Tiago went for a double, and Campman kind of grabbed him in a guillotine and did the kind of like that rear rolled him out and submitted him with a mount of guillotine, and I was just like, damn, nice, I know, <laughs> dude, and it was like in the third round. Uh, but yeah, that was the first thing that popped up when I pulled this record up. But Tiago Alves lost to Jim Miller and Carlos Condit, and then beat Patrick Cote. That's it, UFC two ten. He beat Cote. <coughs> I was over Patrick Cote when he fought Anderson Silva. Nah, he had a resurgence. I, maybe you could say that. I don't know. I've just never really liked him. Let's see who else he's fought since. 
Dude, that's why, like, uh, like when I do, like, when I've just had normal guests, like, Jesse and I pretty much stayed on Star Wars, but, like, the topic goes to, like, we're UFC, then we're music, then we're Netflix, and we're, you know, it's yeah. just like, but, dude, that's why I wanted to do, like, just a, and I'm almost, honestly ever going to really probably only break down combat sports or talk about brain injuries and things in the NFL, like CT and the NFL, yeah. and that's, and, and performance dancing drugs in the Olympics, like, I can give some Olympic commentary, too, but... I'm not going to be talking about like basketball and shit on Sports Unraveled. Sorry, don't blame sorry, me. basketball. <laughs> don't blame you me. don't get any time. This is the only time you're ever going to get. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm just not. I, is there anything you watch besides combat sports? I've been a combat sports guy forever. When I didn't want to name it MMA Unraveled because I'm I'm going to break down boxing, yeah, kickboxing. I'll break down Olympic sport. I, I like. I want to do just like a big series of talks on performance enhancing drugs. I want to pick fighters that have been busted and, talk, and do episodes on that. Or like one thing I really want to do is like pick a fighter that's been knocked out a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. Like we were talking yesterday about Robbie Lawler and about how many wars that dude's been through and then just like does Sonya's teeing off on his face the longest combination in history or yeah. some shit like that yeah what that's, the hell? that's really interesting to me you know because i've talked to you before about personally my thoughts on trying to have longevity in the sport dude i feel <laughs> yeah exactly and um i mean and i guess people are just taking it to that level where they're willing to do things that are maybe like the only ethical thing to me is that like, if you are not doing performance-enhancing drugs, and I am, I'm doing them for one reason, right. to beat you. And beating you, it's, it just adds in an ethical it's issue an ethical if issue. you're not also doing them. That's why if you just, like, say, hey, we're not going to regulate, and people still choose to not do them. But it's like, at what point is it? A, are you putting... You know, it's like if you know, if I know you might be using performance enhancing drugs, but I choose to fight you anyway, is it a liability at that point? You know, uh, the way they got to go is keep doing what they're doing and just make it more and more tight. Jo as uh, as they can. I love how Joe Rogan's like uh, always talking about the pride contracts because instant in a way, I think it was, was on his uh, podcast and like in all caps, it's like, we will not test you for steroids <laughs> on the pride contracts. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But um, let's see. Who, who did I just pull up here? Oh, Patrick Cote. Let's see what he's been doing. Um, he lost to Cerrone and Tiago Alves. I didn't even see him fight Cerrone in 2016. Yeah, he got outclassed by Cerrone. I can't remember that one. No surprise there. Ben, beat yeah. Ben Saunders, though. That's kind of impressive. Um, Josh Berkman, Joe Riggs, Joe Diesel Riggs. That dude beat... Nick Diaz in a controversial decision back in the day. He the dude that KO'd Herb Dean back in the day when Herb Dean was fighting. Maybe yeah. Joe Riggs has had a ton of fights. Joe Riggs dude. KO'd Herb Dean. Wow, I've seen I've seen Herb Dean fight. Man, it looks crazy. He got that crazy yeah. hair. Um, Stephen Thompson, Patrick Cote lost to Stephen Thompson at UFC 178. What do you think about uh, Wonder Boy? You like Wonder Boy? I do I like him a lot. I think like it looks like he's still getting better which is kind of scary still or, the or wonder what what weight class is sage noise cut in 70 or 55 um he did i thought he fought at 70 once or maybe he moved up to 70 recently but he started out at 55 i'm not sure where he's ending up at right now probably 70 because he's gotten a little bigger do you think older. he's going to do um apparently he's they're they're talking about him playing ivan drago's son in the next rocky movie 
I'm not. I'm not a Rocky. Fan. Have you seen Rocky Four, bro? The Russian I seen one. Any Rocky? Oh, dude, yeah. Uh, there's a girl uh, Asia at the gym. She had never seen any Rockies, and we gave her shit for like two years until she watched them. But uh, I, I like I like the the original like first four movies. I didn't like the fifth one as a kid or growing up, but. Um, and I've seen the newer ones that have come out. I don't know if I've seen all of them, but they're still bleeding that franchise to death, unfortunately. But like Rocky fights um, this guy named Ivan Drago in the fourth one, who's Dolph Lundgren is the actor. But Sage Northcutt looks like a really cool combination of like Dolph Lundgren and Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell to me. But um, do you see that meme of uh, Sage Northcutt being like, um, Mr. Diaz... I was just wondering if maybe um, we could fight together in the octagon. If not, that's okay. Yeah. Um, I hope you have a great day. Like, Mr. Diaz. <laughs> Diaz. Diaz is like, that's not some other efforts. <laughs> Super funny, dude. I'm, Nick Diaz cracks me up. Um, what, uh, what fight was it we were talking about a second ago? Let's see if it's on Fight Pass. Um, and they'll make in Jordan Mean. Yeah. Um, you, have you been following Tim Means at all? A little bit. I've I, always dude, been a fan. Me too. I'm a fan of that dude's like boxing to elbow combinations. Yeah, yeah. He's... Because I feel like, dude, elbows and Muay Thai to me, I mean, I think that you can get better at elbows by studying Muay Thai. But like, it's almost like throwing like a jab to an uppercut or, or a hook to an uppercut. I just feel like that the elbows transition so much smoother off of punches. And since like Dutch style Thai boxers don't throw a lot of elbows and Thai, Thai style in Thailand, they do throw a lot of elbows, but less punches. And it's just it's an interesting thing. I, like with Tim Means, like I watch his highlights all the time and watch several of his fights. And um, it's, uh, it's fascinating how he implements the elbows into the game. Jordan Mean. It was badass when Tim Means met his match there and he fought Matt Brown. Yeah. And Matt Brown was like, you want to throw elbows at me? That's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Dude, well, and two, um, Tim Means um, had that, um, he was taking like a creatine or something. Yeah, he got popped for Oster and then uh, that was unfortunate because I kind of feel like that was the they only just true a little accident. slap on the wrist too. Six months suspension, I think, is all he got. And that's not bad at all. Was it? Uh, it could it could have been longer than that, I but that was a long one. Really? Because I well, I want to say um, only reason I knew how long he was suspended is because I want to say Nowitzki was talking about that, but I could be wrong. Like I don't know how long he was suspended. I'm just like repeating something I heard. But um, Jordan Mean, Eric Silva, Jordan. Who do you say? Emil Meek. Emil Weber? Meek. Okay, yeah. Emil Weber, we, Meek. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I don't believe many of these guys when they come up with a contained supplement <coughs> excuse, but... Dude, I don't believe the dick pills excuse, bro. Oh, it was complete bullshit. Yeah, dude. It's like, bullshit. you know that John Jones's publicist when he came on Joe Rogan was like, what the hell are you doing in there? Like, apparently she was texting him like, don't say that. Like, and stuff like that. Because she was like, or maybe it was a guy, I don't know. But his publicist was apparently listening to it live as it was happening. It was like, you can't talk about that. Why are you saying that? Funny. Yeah. But, what do you say? It puts the... Uh... 
the twist on the end of your punch. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Dude, what did you think about the um Colby Covington um Verdum thing? You think that's real? I, yeah, it's definitely real. They're I kind of feel like it's assets. <laughs> I know, right? But like, I, I keep talking about this thing I call the MMA fantasy universe, where they're kind of like trying to WWE us with the UFC. Oh, okay, yeah. Colby Covington definitely is picking up on this whole bad guy thing after his little comment about the dump in Brazil or whatever. But yeah, he, I'm sure he really pissed off Fabricio. I mean, Fabricio is a hothead after teeping Edmund in the octagon and. Uh, everything he's done before so yeah Yeah. look at that dude's hair pretty sick it's good that kind of looks like adam sharp's hair talking about adam sharp's hair twice in one parka (laughs) this dude like never had like always shaved his head and stuff like sharpie's the one with the he has neck tattoos yeah yeah, but like since he grew his hair out and got a little style man he's like super sexy now I always give it a shit because he used to always like when I was growing my hair out, like I, I'd use like uh, coconut oil or Moroccan oil on it and have like a sheen to it. He's always giving me shit about my hair. It was funny. No, I, now I'm like, dude, I can't even. I just have this shitty man bun. My like, you know, getting baby hairs from doing jujitsu and you got this like little thing going on. I decided the other day I'm growing my hair out. I told Hannah last week. I'm like, What she had to say about it. Well, I announced it in a way that it was, I was like dead serious about it. I'm like, cause you know, I've tried it a million times before and it gets to the awkward stage and I'm like, ah, I can't do it anymore. But this time, like it's for real, for real. I'm Dude, I, I, this is the second time I've had my hair this long. Um, and I almost had this long a third time. And like I've, every time I've cut it off, I donate it to walks of love or mm-hmm. whatever organization they send it to. My buddy Colby always gives me shit because it's like, why are we watching this when we could just fast forward? Like we can go right to the point when they're fighting. <clears throat> so, um, your brother lives in Colorado, right? Mm-hmm. Back on the, like CBD and stuff. Um, was what, uh, what does he do? Does he go to school? Does he work? Does He's he... in school. He goes to the university of Colorado, Colorado Springs. What's he, what's, oh, nice. I, I, he, he needs to go toward the Olympics facility. <laughs> like, yeah, it's right there in town. right? Yeah, so, I know. I drove past it, but, um, what, what a beautiful campus that is, man. The 10,000, 14, however many thousands of feet. Mountains yeah. That, we stopped and ate there on our way to, um, what in his garden of the gods in Colorado Springs? Yeah, it's in yeah. Colorado so, Springs. So yeah, we stopped at uh, Garden of the Gods. We stopped Nate in Colorado Springs, and we actually stayed and uh, went and saw Incubus and Deftones in Denver uh, in uh, Denver at the Red Rocks. True. So sick, bro. So sick. Yeah. Emil Meek. I I haven't. Um, I've seen Jordan Mean fight, but I haven't watched Emil Meek too much. Like just some, just a little bit. Like I'm not really tracking him. Yeah, what it's he's only doing. His first fight in the UFC is this one. Right? And then he hasn't fought since, and this was a year ago or so. And he's fighting on next weekend's card, the 14th. Yeah. I wonder, um, let me look at Fight Pass. I'm going to see, um, maybe maybe we can watch that on Fight Pass. I don't know what, what all they're breaking it down on, but Fight Pass will tell you what's coming up when. And... Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, it's cool because I can go to a fighter, um and then I can go to videos and it'll tell me like on that fighter, like what their next fight was, what their last fight was. Young gun mean 30 and 12. Good for him. A lot of fights. I know. A young dude. 
And he's already retired once and came out of retirement. I became a Neil Meek fan after that. Paul Harris fight. Paul Harris. P-A-U-L-H-A-R-R-I-S. <laughs> that is what it says on Wikipedia. Don't like that, dude, man. Uh, dude, he, like is a, he is a he is a douche, for sure. Him I and, totally uh, agree. I was just talking to my brother the other day. I was like, I had a Neil Meek and uh, Alan Belcher, my hero. Dude, I gotta, dude. You know, I've got a... Um, Alan just emailed me a DVD or mailed me a DVD set that I'd bought back in the day that he never mailed me. But like right when that Paul Harris fight came out, Alan was training with Eddie Bravo and doing all this stuff on the truck and then we came out and trucked uh, Paul Harris. That was a sick fight, man. Like in uh, just recently, the video of him putting Paul Harris in the truck and finishing him went viral and got like millions of views. It was insane. Nice little leg kick. That looks like a no meat because of Single, big, big explosive dude. Let me uh, let me ask you this: What do you see? How you, the dude snatched a single and finished it with his head on the outside? What do you, do you like finishing single? I do not like finishing single like well, that. Run the pipe with my head on the outside. I don't see. I'm not. I'm a, a wrestling is my base, but I don't shoot. I'm more. Of, I'm a counter wrestler, or I'm gonna throw you. I'm, I'm a counter wrestler. too. I don't shoot on people. I try to bait them to shoot on me all the time. That's like I, front, I stand really I love upright. Front headlock. That's like yeah. That's why I love judo too. It's just like, but I will say this, like with you, ironically, how much do you, have you done a lot of judo before moving mm -hmm. here? No. So dude, I think I told you this um, when we we're talking about your shoulder, but the very first judo seminar, the day I got my blue belt jujitsu, but the very first judo seminar I ever did with a guy named Jonathan Borders in Tennessee, um, this karate dude that was there that was trying to cross train in jujitsu threw me and um, too, I, I wasn't super good at break falling either at the time, but he just kind of, threw me with like um like a hip throw you want to keep your feet and, and it's for actually for the person throwing you want to keep your feet like narrow like this like superfoot wallace is called superfoot wallace because he he's a judo bite belt and he is a kinesiology master but he threw a dude on his own leg with a hip style throw it happens on the throw tai toshi it means body drop it's like where you put your leg past their leg kind of remember that throw frank mirror threw roy nelson with big leg throw just boom. are you talking about stepping outside their leg and yes. so you're the back of your leg is yes but on this throw Tayatoshi, you don't actually lift your leg up like you don't sweep with the leg you just they just yeah. kind of trip over it but mm -hmm. um so like those are the two throws that people injure their leg on superfoot wallace became superfoot because he could only use that oh, one yeah, leg right yeah, so really but it was all nice little clinch uh, exchanger it was all um <clears throat> It was all uh, all had to do with um, the guy had his feet super wide and kind of just threw me over on my shoulder, and I separated that AC joint. So like, what you're probably feeling a little bit, and like from getting your shoulders in, is like I, like mine clicked. Like I had bone on bone and like did that just because I'm sore right now from doing a lot of like a lot of stretching and working out this week, and two hours of yoga. Like this is not like I don't like doing stuff like this because of my AC joint. Mm. I mean, it really didn't give me a ton, but like what I'll, I'll do for you here before you leave is getting somebody to stand behind you with their, like about your own height or taller with their sternum on your back and bowing you forward. You can do it with a foam roller, but like it's somebody physically pulling your shoulders like this while they do it. it it's super therapeutic. So Yeah, what's weird is my shoulder, 
I can do lots of things with it and it won't bother me, but it's like pushing. I, yeah, like I noticed I this is the one that bothers me. Like when I go to twist, like if I if I twist going with like an overhead press or like uh, <laughs> doing um, bottoms up kettlebells and stuff, it's just it's a little it's it's a little weak in like the back. It feels like if I said like quadrants of my shoulder, like this little back right corner up here up under the shoulder, but. It was like a grade two separation. It's pretty rough. One of my uh, guys right now only does no geese um, in high school, but he's uh, he's dealing with like his third or fourth shoulder injury. Just got an AC separations, had surgery on that same shoulder, and tore the rotator cuff on that shoulder. So, but uh, dude, it's a bummer, man. Like I I, I empathize with uh, with the shoulder issues. I haven't had too many issues with it. Dang. Dang, that dude is running away. Oh, my goodness, man. I wonder if that hurt his toe. It looked like he'd try to fly in. It looked like he did, yeah. His toe went in the fence, bro. I, I Dude, I wouldn't bother. I would like to see um, MMA. I, I like the cage work. I like the wall work. But the only thing that separates MMA out from, like, existing on a card with other sports is, is the cage. It's like they're trying to reinvent the wheel or something. I And I get it. Like... But, uh, and that too, I think in the nineties and stuff, one of the negative connotations with MMA was like wrestling would do those cage matches and stuff where they'd lower the cage down around the ring. And it's like people, I, I know when I was hearing about cage fighting, when I was like a kid, like when UFC's like come into prominence, when John McCain's talking shit about it, yeah, I was like, Oh, there's not like, like wrestling. Like, that's what I thought. Like, that's all I knew. But I think if, um, if they either this it'd be interesting to me dude didn't know what corner to go to damn salty yeah um because like what ufc i guess they own glory or or what i know i can watch glory on fight pass and i know duke rufus commentates glory or at least he did um but then you get um you so you got glory you got all these crossovers between these people in the um UFC, like Ronda Rousey, Brock Lesnar going over to WWE and making an appearance. You got CM Punk coming over. You got James Tony coming from boxing and to fight Randy Couture. You got McGregor going from the UFC to boxing. It's like the only thing that separates all these things is that the UFC is in a cage. But, like, there's a promotion here in Arkansas that has pro boxing. And it's like this in Tulsa, too, um, in Oklahoma. Se- several states have this. And I mean, maybe every state that does it, but maybe you have boxing kickboxing mma all on the same card in a ring so what do you think about ring, uh, mma ring fights don't like them not as much as cage yeah like- well see i like like i said i personally like wall work i, I enjoy that it's always been one of my favorite things to do i was gonna see yeah, if, if you like made it to work. open mat i was gonna see if you wanted to do any wall but i know you should like your shoulders a little weak or whatever but that's something that like and two you just like you don't do that part unless you're doing mma yeah I love wall work. I like watching it. I like working on it. I like the technical aspect of it. I like the bigger octagon than a ring yeah. usually is. Well, and two, it just it presents some different angles. And I think too, I think for the most part, if you can fight in an octagon, this dude is working the leg kick, bro. I really enjoy a good leg kick. Yeah, speaking of a good leg kick, next weekend is Jeremy Stevens and Duho Choi and Jeremy Stevens' last fight against Gilbert Melendez. He was using that the little calf 
kick. That's all the rage yeah, right that now. that is all the rage right now. <laughs> yeah, and that kick you and I were talking about before, probably since John Jones has come in, but, like, it's funny. Um, like, the little oblique kick or that, like, kind of stomp kick to the, the thigh. Yeah. Because I never teach that to the knee, and I, get, I always give a talk when I show it to the thigh. And I hadn't showed it in a while, but um, – that guy you were talking about, I, I, I can, I, it was Judah you were yeah, talking it was Judah. about. Yeah. I know him now, but yeah, back then it, I didn't Well, then really I was him. like, I wasn't thinking about it. Judah's wanting to, kick, uh, to do kickboxing, so like, uh, we'll chat about the um, the Saturday uh, workout here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, But Judah's wanting to get out and fight this semester, and so is, um, well, she's a college student, but Damon that's been coming in, you met him? Yeah. He worked with him the other night. Yeah, He's actually had a fight before. Um, it's yeah, been like a couple of years, like two, three years. Yeah. Uh, wow. Wow. That's a while back. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, but he's wanting to get in it and, uh, that dude's actually from the same town as I am. So, um, I kind of knew who he was. He's way younger than me. Like I want to say. Hey, he's trying to Conway. He said, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just up the road. You guys, uh, you guys checked out much of the state since you moved here? Not, not really. Not, I mean, I've been to, we call it Fayetteville and, uh, What's Bentonville? You, you like to uh, Bentonville? Super nice. You guys go to Crystal Bridges? No, we only went there for one weekend. We were with Hannah's sister, so we kind of did like the bar hopping thing up in yeah. right outside the college. Mm-hmm, so that's the only time I've been there, dude. Um, you uh, do you like to go to concerts? You like to go to shows? Yeah, I love shows. You ever, you ever listen to the Floozies? No, never heard of them. Oh, dude, they're so sick. They got a um, they got a show coming up. I'm gonna watch you listen to them here in a minute. But they got a show coming up at George's on Dixon. It's a two night show, and I'm probably gonna go to it. What kind of music is that? It's um, it's kind of electronic, hmm. but it's like the dude DJs, plays guitar, and sings, and the other dude plays drums. And dude, they kill it. Like as soon as this fight's over, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we'll uh, wrap it up. And I'll let you, I'll let you check them out, and we'll, we'll get to the drawing board on uh, what we want to do on this Saturday thing. All right. But uh, yeah, I'm um, I've seen him play twice to like and it was funny like there's a band from boulder um you'll have to maybe ask your brother about uh called sun squabby that played with them last time and sun squabby killed it so hard and i'm actually going um you ever hear of a show called Wakarusa? no they moved it from like out of state into arkansas had it for years like bands like panic came and played before i even knew who they were bro and i went to a Waka and they were playing there and i didn't know who they were that's, oh my that's god cool. I've dude shows like that i mean i'm just like were, and then they get big after yeah so anyway missed an opportunity there but in this same place they had that festival they're having uh uh, this thing called the Backwoods Festival and Sun Squabby's playing, the Floozies are playing, STS9 is playing, uh, a bunch of good bands. They actually released, I hadn't looked it up, they released the second part of the lineup yesterday. I'm looking it up right now, screw it. Um, I'm super excited about it. It's like, a, it's on my birthday. My birthday's April 20th, 420. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to uh I'm gonna go out there and camp for a couple of days. It's like up on the mountain, Mulberry Mountain. So like you have you like you pass Ozark on the way to like northwest Arkansas. Mm-hmm. It's like twenty miles past Clarksville. Yeah. Um it's up there and uh Mulberry Mountain and I am pumped. It's like a, it's like a little mini Woodstock when they have a festival up there, dude. It's it's gonna be cool. But a lot of bands I wanna see and like to see are playing. Let's see what the lineup is. It says phase one. They bet it. They said they were going to release the new um, lineup. So 
I don't even see on their website the 2018 lineup. Okay, Andy Frasco, Emancipator, don't even know who that is. STS9, you ever listen to them? No. I bet they have a song that comes on the gym a lot. It's kind of like a bigger song they have um, that uh, I'm sure you've heard if you had heard it. But like when we saw the um, the Floozies play and Sun Squabby opened for him, we were like, dude, that Squabby concert was sick. Like, we went there to see the Floozies, and we're like, these dudes killed it. But um, they're both playing at this uh, Backwoods Festival. But so I think in, like, just, like, a week or two on a Saturday night, the Floozies are playing at Georgia's. If you've never been to a show at Georgia's, like, I saw the drive-by truckers there the other day. Um, yeah, dude, it, and it was – they played, like, 30 songs, bro. Like, it was a sick show. That dude's hair is just fantastic. <laughs> Like all to the side. That um, <clears throat> dude's uh, see what uh, he's gonna do with the leg kick again. Not I mean, Meek's real wild, dude. It'll be really interesting to see him fight Usman this weekend. But yeah, both these guys have good striking, man. And Meek is a real big and powerful, one seventy er. They both exchanged takedowns throughout the fight. Looks like Meek's able. People are able to, gonna be able to duck under him a lot because he comes in, swinging for the fences. Yeah, man. Um, t when Tim and I were breaking down a bunch of old Mike Tyson fights and stuff yesterday, and uh, I've been working this same stuff with Tim. It's like how pe like uh, a lot of boxers will do this, but like throw it, throw up a shot and then just like not weave with it per se, but just level change, just go down without moving, just boom. <laughs> And crouch down. Actually, the, one of the seminars I did with Winkle John, it was a level change seminar. So, like, I had that, like, perspective to build on, like, watching people level change over the years. But uh, fascinating stuff. Nice little arm drag. Mick's got one hell of a gas tank. Coming at him like oh, look at that. Being that big. I like that. That was kind of like a uh, tie quench style takedown countering a double leg. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I, man, I love if somebody's kneeing you to, you, excuse me, you see it a lot in kickboxing. Like you have the guy in clinch or you guys are kind of like neutral clinched and they go to knee and you pull on that side or you, or you pull on the opposite side. Either one, you can add a foot trip and uh, prop into it. But just like. Yeah. In Thai boxing, you see it all the time. Dude goes to knee, and you pull them, and they they go down. It's a knockdown. Yeah, I I love clinch work personally. That's my that's my jam. It is mine too. I feel like it's I, I want to do more of it, like in classes and stuff. But it's like um, it's a little like I I don't know if it's a little harder to do with like bigger groups of like general hobbyists, like which is like we have a lot. Like, I think it's totally essentially competitors. And like at an IKF tournament we did for a few years, like we did three in a row, Core won it twice, but like the rule set we were doing was not Muay Thai rules. It was like basically, it's just kickboxing, like you can't clinch. Yeah. And like, I honestly regret doing that rule set. Like I was able to produce like 
multiple champions multiple years in that rule set, but it like set us back on the clinch. It didn't set me back on the clinch and like my competitors still maintained clinch work, but it's just like, yeah, well, I mean, I say that, but like during that time when like Cora and Evelyn, some of the people that went and did IKF, like they didn't work any clinch. Yeah. And then when they, so I want to say the next year, like Evelyn did the Muay Thai division and had, had some awesome clinch work, but she lost like a super close decision in the finals. And, um, but like we had to like catch up on the clinch. That was like her third year to do the tournament. It's a big kickboxing tournament in Orlando. And we did tie rules and it's just like, that wasn't her weak set in the fight, but that was her weak set in the camp, you know, or yeah. not like we just had to work on it as we hadn't worked on it because of the rules previously. So. <clears throat> That's another thing you, you would lose out on seeing if uh, MMA were in a ring and that you do lose out on scene is like right now, those dudes are going to get um, like either stood back up because of the ropes. Yeah, I guess that would be the only way to handle it. It's not like you can grab them and pull them back out to the center, you know. Mm -hmm. Did you see Kamara Usman's last fight? I did not. I didn't either. Mostly what I know from him is what I heard. I listened to Darren Till on Ariel Hawani's show and what he was saying about him and what Kamaru has been saying about himself. Everyone's scared to fight him. Man, I really like Ariel. I like watching him fight. I mean, he's not like my favorite fighter or anything, but I like watching him fight every time yeah. he fights. I like because you never know what he's going to do and he's kind of unorthodox. Did he fight Anderson Silva? Did, did he beat Anderson Silva? Did they fight? He didn't fight Anderson Silva. He like they were going to, but Anderson he's maybe had a rough go of play. I think they were going to, which would have been a really really cool matchup. But he had a rough go of it. He got pommeled by Gegard before Gegard went to Bellator. Yeah, that's my conspiracy right there in action. Why is that dude in Bellator? I don't know. Because the, the Fertitta brothers own it, bro. Pommeled Dariah Hall and then goes to Bellator. Granted, he he was voicing. His, what do you call it? Uh, dislike for yeah, what disdain. he was getting paid for a while. Uh, yeah, oh, Kamar Usman's been on a freaking huge tear, but he hasn't fought really much of anyone of note. Man, I remember when Anderson Silva was tearing up Rich Franklin with those knees. That was the shit. Yeah, back before people right, they see did not fight. In the UFC very much. I guess I I just remember seeing that they were going to and uh, on the Silva. I think they were, but that might have been when man. Silva I was excited to see that. Other. That would have been awesome, man, dude. Silva, check this out. Lost to Weidman, lost to Weidman, no contest to Diaz, lost to Bisping, lost to Cormier, went over Derek Brunson. Like barely. Yeah. <laughs> what a sad, sad. Like here's all of his wins. Let me scroll. Uh, so there's his last loss to uh, the illegal kick to Yushinokami and Pride. Or not his rumble on the rock, but like, look, look how many wins. And then it's just like crap. It's like looking at BJ Penn's record. But that's what I like to do. I mean, dude, there's some, and it's like, whether it's age or whether it's performance enhancing drugs, there's something that makes, like, I just look at that table right there, like that Wikipedia table. It's like, there's something that has to, what is it going on in these fighters' lives, like BJ Penn, Anderson Silva? 
where they kill it forever. And then it's like they keep fighting, and it's like the record. Like I can't remember. Like BJ Penn is like one and seven in his last eight fights, or something like, or like yeah. something crazy. It's but really like, bad. Really bad. It's depressing. It's like at what point? Like there almost needs to be a regulatory um, mechanism. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, and Anderson Silva still looks good when he fights, though. Like, uh, dude, I, I mean, I feel like. If it would have been a five rounder, that Cormier fight would have would have changed complexion a little bit because he almost uh, knocked Cormier out at the in the third round with that liver shot. Yeah, landed yeah. a nasty kick, and Cormier was like, oh. looked like uh, when um, Anthony Pettis liver shotted uh, Cerrone. I don't know if you remember that, but it's just like Cerrone was like good, and then he kind of winced and like started backing away a little bit. Mm-hmm. Exact same. Dude, you ever been kicking the liver super hard? Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> man, dude. Okay, so you know, uh, do you know who Andrea Lee is? She just signed to the UFC and she fought. Oh, yeah, she fought on the car. KGB Lee. Yeah. So, like, Cora goes up and trains with her um, periodically. And, like, Andrea is like one that IKF term I was talking about. And, like, the last time Cora won it, Stephen Thompson was who put her belt on. Like, Stephen Thompson's won the IKF multiple times. That might be something if you ever wanted to do kickboxing. Like, we may take some people this year in July. That's when that kickboxing tournament is like three rings, three fights going at all times. There's like three different rule sets you can compete in. Thai, um, international rules, which is no clinching or knees. And then they do uh, point fighting, or like, not, it's not point fighting, but it's boxing, but you can't kick below the waist. So, like, no leg kicks, basically, in the division. Okay. Which is total garbage. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, dude, like. Uh, all these rules. I so know. Weird. That's stylization of sport, dude. It is very weird. Um, but I will say this, like as a coach, like sometimes it's nice to have like you might have somebody that's a boxer that just started doing a little bit of kickboxing and you don't want them getting uh, kicked as much, you know, like you could, yeah. you could look at that. But that's... then if they go against a karate style, this, this, it's like, do I much rather get kicked in the leg than freaking wheel kicked in the face? I never understood that about traditional martial arts. It's like, okay, wait, we can't punch in the face. Like in cooking, uh uh, what is it? Uh, how do you say that? Um, Kyoshin. I think it's Kyoshin. Kyoshin. Um, you don't punch in the face and you don't kick in the leg, mm-hmm. but I can wheel kick you and that's okay. I can ax kick you and that's in the back of the skull when you're bent over. Yeah, I, I just never understood where these it. Come from. Uh, well, that I think is this a stylization of sport and point fighting more than anything. It's a trippy looking picture up there. Is it space or water? I think it's water, but yeah, there was a space one earlier. That's pretty damn cool looking too. Yeah, that's um, that's my conspiracy too about um, NASA. They're feeding us these fake space images. The Photoshop ones Eddie Bravo's been talking about. Eddie Bravo, <laughs> dude. I, yeah, I tell people this. He used to like like in like oh nine when I first started charting him. He like uh, I, I thought he was kind of douchey, and then. Like over the years, I really, I really like listening to his perspective on things, and I'm sure he's just he's gotten. Oh, dude, look at look at BJ Penn's record, bro. So sad. It's just pink. Frankie, <laughs> Frankie. Then you knocked out Matt Hughes. Then you did that draw to John Fitch, dude. I hate John Fitch. I hate watching that dude fight. Lost to Diaz. Lost to McDonald. Lost to Frankie for the third time. How are you gonna have a rubber match when you lost to the dude twice already? It makes no sense. I don't know. I mean, okay, so. Why is it Dana is so quick to throw Chuck out? You can't get knocked out anymore because he got knocked out by Rashad Shogun and uh, Rich Franklin. 
and Rampage. It started with Rampage. Rampage knocked him out first when he came over from Pride. But he had uh, all these other um, battles where he didn't get knocked out with Keith Jardine, with Vanderlei. Um, but then, like, uh, I think Shogun TKO'd him, didn't knock him out. Rich Franklin knocked him out. And then Dana White's like, you're out. You're done. You don't, we don't want to see it anymore. You're going to work for the UFC. But it's like, here we have PJ Penn still going, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about BJ. Yeah. Mm. What do you do? Well, dude, uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up, man. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, yeah, got any? Uh, got any final uh, comments or predictions about the next uh, couple weeks? We didn't really get into Stipe fight, but we could talk about that another yeah, time. Yeah, that would be a really good one to talk about. Oh uh, yeah. Heavily invested in that fight. Yeah, I know, I'm right? Sure everyone is. Who? Uh, who? I mean, what's your prediction? Who do you think? <laughs> I'm not going to give a prediction on that one because I really have no idea. I, I would love to see Stipe bring it down just because I, I love the way he's handling it. Like, he's not being a pompous ass about it. He's not being overly cocky. Yeah. yeah. Just like, but, and I felt like, I felt like that um, Ngannou tried to put some bait out at the presser or whatever the other day. He did. And then, uh, and he's like, no, nah, I, I ain't taking that, dude. Yes. Huh. I'm so, over here uh, fighting fires and being a, a, a an average guy. And, Stipe has the mindset of someone that seems like they're going to win the fight, but I, I just can't really picture it happening. Like, if you picture both of them in there, like... All I can see is Ngannou knocking Overeem, or uh, Alistair Overeem's head and, off of his shoulders. And Stipe does come in on a straight line a, a lot with his head straight. And I could see Ngannou's going to hit it once <laughs> during that fight. Dude, that was a legit... Legit finish of Overeem. Overeem fought uh, Verdum when I was in Vegas in July. We got to see that fight. It wasn't really that exciting, but dude, I, I too like I wasn't too far away from the cage, but like, and I don't know if it would have been any different if I was on the floor, but like it wasn't. It's awesome. I mean, it was awesome seeing a live fight. Don't get me wrong, but what is awesome that I thought it was just going to be, like watching it from the stands. Like it's it's honestly because like it was the cage is like right down in front of us, but we were watching the screen. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard about the UFC events. So, like the screen is like way bigger than the cage, so you can end up watching the screen instead of the cage. And like, and to feel I, the weight of the fight, you really need to be down there. Well, and two, so I wonder on um, being on the floor, like, and, and I kind of feel this way at like local shows that I go to and stuff. To just like have people fight on. I'm always cage side, but like, it's not bad looking right at cage side up into the. But periodically it can be you get them over like away from you in the corner or like there's just certain places it's like all blind spots in there but yeah yeah man well dude uh right on man appreciate you coming on we'll go ahead and uh turn it off and figure out what we're gonna do on this uh saturday practice right. appreciate you man thanks